does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Indy, what's going on? Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. We're ready to roll on Friday. A couple Colts interviews in the process this afternoon. We'll get to that in a moment. First, gentlemen, we were all wrong about IU last night in Champaign. The Hoosiers, really no contest late against the fighting undies, as Dane Fife has <laughs> deemed them in Champaign. 80-65, to 65, Trace Jackson Davis, 35 points on 15-19, shooting his best performance in a Big Ten game of what is one of the most stellar careers in the history of one of the most storied programs anywhere. Dane Fife, you're sitting there watching IU build a lead did you have a sense it was going to go in the right direction last night, or were you waiting to see, is this going to be Iowa 2.0? Well, having the experience I have working with Trace, it was a Trace game. I could tell the look in his eye. I could tell his energy, and it, it didn't stop there. I, I thought Hood Shafino played one of the better games that he's played you know, floor-wise. I know he had four turnovers, but he controlled the tempo – Illinois never really got it going, and I think a big reason for that was Jalen Hood Shafino, and of course, fifteen for nineteen for Trace Jackson. It's like a wilt line, wilt to stilt. What, what was impossible for Illinois to figure out? It looked like they weren't sending any help, and Trace was just deciding which which shoulder to spin off. Of. Well, you could hear Coach Brad Underwood for Illinois in the huddle saying, "Look, if we're not going to double them." We have to at least dig, which is which means really get in, get a hand, get a hand or two or five <laughs> eventually to try to stop Trace, and it didn't happen all night. And a big part of just Trace is that good, but Illinois never really looked like they were in high gear trying to stop Trace or Indiana from scoring. We had intense moments early. It looked like either Race Thompson or Xavier Johnson got teed up on the IU bench after a missed call on that end. Brad Underwood, you knew that tee was coming, Dane Fife. Missed a call potentially on that open dunk steal for Hood Shafino. Two Illini players get, get banged up. Um, and then Trey Galloway's kind of under the hoop, running out of bounds, tries to throw up a floater, gets bailed out with a call. And Underwood quickly assess the T intense intense well I think most of the time it's frustration with with your own team as a coach but um you know I listening to Stephen Bardo on that call that that controversial call where Trey Galloway goes up for a layup and gets banged yeah um, knocked to the ground I thought it was a good call by the official I'm partial to officials the guy coming up at 1230 tends to not be partial, although he's well-liked by most officials. Um, I thought that the game was going to shift when Brad Underwood did decide to go ahead and get banged with the technical. Um, it just never changed. Illinois looked out of it the whole night. I think a big part of it was they simply could not stop Trace Jackson Davis. On the flip side, we talked yesterday, mm-hmm. and – a big part of the game of basketball is 
you you got your up arrow or your down arrow. If your team is hot, obviously you're playing well. If and then all of a sudden, no rhyme or reason, something can just shift and your team can go real cold and it can go cold for weeks. And yeah. I think what you saw, what you're seeing now is Illinois and or Illinois and Indiana's arrows have flipped. Yeah. Indiana's hot. Illinois has gone ice cold. Dane, love the analogy. Dane Fife alluding to his old partner in crime, Tom Izzo, joining the show at 1230. The Spartans beat Rutgers a convincing second half from Izzo's bunch to put away. The only other ranked Big Ten team in the moment in conference behind Purdue. Rutgers and Michigan State was a fun one, kind of in that early game yesterday. Mike Lewis, Ball State, has a massive contest tonight. Going to see Kent State. Kent State's 15-3. and Ball State alums around Indy, I know you are beginning to fall back in love with basketball. Mike Lewis has this team 13-5 and right at the top of the MAC. That's going to be an absolute brawl tonight against Kent State. Purdue just put on a defensive clinic, Dane Fife, that historic not only for the Boilermaker program, I think Todd Meyer FaceTimed in to the pregame locker room and, and addressed the defensive strategy last night in Minnesota because – the Gophers scored 12 points in the first half, and they were really lucky to get to 12. It was a late foul call that actually put them in double digits before halftime. The 12 points allowed by Purdue tied for the fewest in program history in any half. The 39 points allowed, Dane Fife by Purdue last night. The lowest total the Boilers have given up on the road since 1944 <laughs> against DePaul. <laughs> That's how historic that was last night at the barn. The paint crew had it going last night. Those uh, poor children. I, I'm they, they were at dressed Minnesota's in Hawaiian number. shirts behind the hoop. I don't know which hoop it was at the barn. Uh, is it? Is there the a sun was not tonight? out? The sun the was not out. The sun was certainly not out. There were no palm trees. That I'm looking at Minnesota's numbers and even their free throws at 60 percent was, and they only took five. And I don't want to bash the Gophers. Ben Johnson's a friend of mine. He's a very good coach, mm-hmm. but um, the Boilers just keep getting better and better. And you can just see the momentum. And it, it's like Zach Eady is growing taller and taller as <laughs> as we go. Um, 31% from the field, 20% from the three-point line was Minnesota. And on the flip side, Purdue continues to shoot the lights out from three. They shot almost 44% last night, 7 of 16. Uh, ast- astonishingly, they only took three free throws. Right. It, it felt as unspirited of a defensive effort, really just effort in general, that I've seen all season. And, and I I know it happens. Look, everybody runs into one. And this Minnesota team had just beaten Ohio State. Dane five. Purdue had three points outside the paint in the first half. It wasn't complicated what was going on there, and there was no fight. There was no fight for Minnesota last night. That was embarrassing. Well, you look, and yesterday I mentioned that the barn where Minnesota plays, is it's a great shooting gym. And I think for, for the opponent, Purdue, it was certainly a great shooting gym, whereas Minnesota – Again, we mentioned struggled. A big part of this is how demoralizing when if you're a Minnesota guard or a big and you're in the paint 
and you look to find the rim and see Zach Eaton's head, (laughs) (laughs) it's demoralizing, especially for young players and especially for a team that, for all intents and purposes, um, this is Ben Johnson's second year, head coach Ben Johnson's Mm -hmm. second year at Minnesota. And it's not easy to put a team together especially when you're going through the rigors of the Big Ten. And what he has right now, he's got good pieces, where Brad Underwood also has good pieces at Illinois. But what Ben Johnson's trying to do is he had no foundation when he took the job, mm-hmm. whereas Brad Underwood had been coaching there at Illinois several years. And when since he's oh, yeah. decided to go with the transfer, um, he's decided to dip into the transfer portal for five or six players. Speaking to Underwood. Yes. Yeah. And Ben Johnson is in his second year and really just trying to get his footing, trying to get something underneath them to where it's solid and some staples that they can go on that they can that they can really rely on as he tries to talk in Minnesota as Ben Johnson tries to really put something together and get a foundation going for Minnesota moving forward. Easier said than done. Looking forward to your thoughts with Coach Izzo here. Again, bottom of the hour, Tom Izzo is going to join us from East Lansing. Uh, Big one coming up Sunday. Spartans coming to Assembly Hall. IU now two straight wins. As Dane Fife pointed out, completely different team. Trace Jackson Davis, and we'll go back to it here in a moment. His ability, a quick thought from you. Back to the IU victory. His ability to keep it looked like multiple timeouts yesterday. Calm down. I don't want to see everybody flying off the bench, starting to get comfortable here. That was the most dialed in I've I've seen him ever. I mean, was there anything nonverbal? Any anything else you picked up from what was his most efficient scoring night in his career in a Big Ten contest? Well, everybody wants to point out Trace's deficiencies, and look, Shaq had deficiencies. He still dominated the game, you know, and that's really where Trace is at right now. He has the ability to dominate the game despite any efficiency. I'm sorry, despite despite any deficiency that he has. And I thought it was interesting that Stephen Bardo, who was the uh, color analyst last night, kept circling back to Trace's leadership. Mm-hmm. And you talked about it just a second ago. Um I would say where Trace is at his best is when he is staying engaged with his teammates. And he, when you watch the huddles, you know, is Trace making eye contact? When you watch the something where there's a game stoppage, but the player, the team is still on the floor, is Trace bringing his team together? Mm-hmm. When he's doing that, he's usually feeling good and, and at his best. And the more I see it, the more I the more I I'll see a team in Indiana that can make it far when it's when it uh, during March during the month of March when it's really crunch time and those W's really matter. Dane Five, what a difference a week makes! Now a chance to run this win streak to three in a row against three good Big Ten teams. Part of the frustration with IU fans was, oh gosh, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State. Where is this thing going to go? Now you've totally flipped the script. A quick note back to Purdue. Braden Smith last night, Dane Fife, 19-7-7. The first Purdue freshman with that stat line in two decades. We went off on Fletcher Lawyer yesterday. It, it feels like every other game, they're just taking turns. Who wants, all right, do you want to have the night? All right, go ahead. 
That's the great thing about Purdue's offense is they're going to they're gonna take essentially the old coaching adage, take what the defense gives you. I guess that's the old sports adage. But that's what Purdue's offense is designed to do. It's not geared around any particular player. If they dump it into Zach Eady, let's just say the opponent double teams. You kick it out to Fletcher. If Fletcher's not open, you go to Braden Smith. If Braden Smith isn't open, you go to Ethan Morton. It's not complicated. And I think that's the best thing that, you know, Coach Painter tries Simple to allude to is we cannot complicate this. Coaches tend to overcomplicate this. It's not that complicated. And if you watch Purdue right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. And here's what's scary. What they did last night defensively to a team that's got some talent. It's got some all t- offensive talent I mean, in Minnesota. Come on, that, that looked like an early season non-con bye game. It looked like Charlie, Jimmy, and Dane, and you can throw in your pick your other two. Most importantly, how did the the grade school game go last night? That's where we left off yesterday. Well, it was a little tighter than I wanted it to be, but Gosh, Jackson Creek talked about overwhelmed this. Columbus <laughs> City North. Fantastic. Uh, Columbus North Middle School in the end, and Quinley Fife, 14 and 10. I might have added a few extra rebounds Yeah, there. She didn't feel like she played well. Why is the coach well. keeping the book, and this doesn't seem right. Someone <laughs> else should be keeping the book. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. Ed Schwartzman, owner of Buffalo Louis, was keeping the uh, keeping the book. But Quinley Fife, Lovely. wearing number 43 for Jackson, Jackson Creek Jaguars, got it done, 14 and 10 in the end. They were able to squeak it out or eke it out, if you will, for a five-point victory. Well done to the entire Jackson team. Dane Fife is here. Charlie Clifford, Jimmy Cook, Pacers Nuggets tonight, 9 o'clock tip. Denver, an 11-point favorite. Nikola Jokic and co., eight straight wins. This is going to be a monumental task for Rick Carlisle. We have injury news to pass along about Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton was on a podcast yesterday he said early february at the earliest in terms of a return date he's gonna essentially take the rest of this month to try to get right and the hope is by the start of february he'll be back out there so it's gonna be a little bit longer according to the potential all-star point guard than maybe some of you thought remember the original news he's got a banged up elbow same thing with the left knee it was a two-week minimum to be reevaluated in two weeks, and now it looks like that will stretch into potentially February. The Colts have two interviews today. Both of these coaches have their teams on the field this weekend in the divisional round. Dan Quinn, veteran defensive mind uh, for the Cowboys. You remember him, the Falcons Super Bowl team that ultimately collapsed against Brady and Belichick and the Patriots. And then also Quinn tied to that Seahawks defensive juggernaut, the Super Bowl winning team that delivered that beat down to Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Dan Quinn is going to speak with the team. Brian Callahan, son of Bill Callahan, offensive line guru for the last three decades in the NFL. He's the young offensive coordinator for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. He's been there four years. We're going to do a little pick out of the hat a little bit on, later on the show. And uh, we're going to, Jimmy, I think this would be fun since there are now 13 names technically in the hat. 
at some point we need to pick out and we're going to name that person as the Colts coach of the day. And we're going to pretend and, and try to forecast what the team would look like with them. We'll get to that later. Fife. Uh, oh, by the way, I do want to correct one thing from the start of the show. Please. Even though me and Dane both said Illinois was going to win, we were half right because we did scoop the seven on the Hoosiers. So I just want there to make sure, you know, we didn't, we weren't, we weren't fully in the shadows. We were, you know, we were just kind of teetering, just taking a look at the landscape. First personal foul uh, of the show. Tom Izzo's coming on here momentarily, Dane. What what do you expect to hear from Coach Izzo about this one Sunday at Assembly Hall? Well, I expect him to be hoarse from last night's game <laughs> against Rutgers, so that'll be a, the first component that we'll both find you'll find interesting. I tell you, I am curious um, to hear what he thinks about this current Indiana team. I'm sure he's they've just gotten started. Um, the ebb and flow of the Indiana season and um, going back to the Wisconsin game a couple days ago on Saturday and then um, not a couple days, about a week ago on Saturday and then moving on to this Illinois game last night. Right. They just played at Illinois, Mich- did Michigan State, and they got beat. And Illinois played really well. I- I'm also curious to um, – I-, I guess I've never really asked him – you know, he's been in the Big Ten a long time, Tom Izzo has. I'm really curious to to ask and to know what he thinks about Assembly Hall and what makes the Simon Scott Assembly Hall so unique and special in his mind. He's got a great story that he tells about um, – in fact, I was on the team when, when we beat Michigan State. They were number one in the country. We beat them on, on a buzzer beater. And how he just sat there. Uh, there was a policeman trying to escort him out. As that wasn't the, the national title team for him, was it? Uh, two th- I don't think so. Okay. I think it was the 2000-2001. Oh, I think they won it in 2000. Right. But there was a policeman trying to escort him out as the Hoosier faithful and students tried to storm the floor and he just sat there and he, and he sat there and, and refused to be escorted out because he was just so in awe of the fact that people were uh, his opponent was rushing the floor on their behalf you know and at their <laughs> at their at Michigan State's expense right and it's a heck of a story you might ask him about that Charlie I like I that. probably didn't tell it too well but um it's just a fascinating career and how it's unfolded. But I'll be re- real curious to to get Coach Izzo's opinion of this Simon Scott Assembly Hall and what makes it such a daunting place to play. Did I say that right? Daunting. I, I think it has been, and you're right. IU struggled. We know that if we look back to the Archie Miller tenure and teams have come into Assembly Hall and had success, but Michigan State's had problems. And I know you were on the bench for some of those games. Um, when we think back to some of Archie Miller's best wins, coincidentally, for whatever reason, they came against really good Michigan State teams. When you think about rivalries, we know where the rivalry stands in this state. You've been on both sides of this one. We know where the rivalry stands in Michigan. IU and Michigan State, where does that stack up with everything else? Well, when I was at Indiana, everybody wanted to beat Michigan or everybody wanted to beat us. And today, everybody wants to beat Michigan State. Yeah, if diff- there's going to the be a sellout around the Big Ten, aside from the in-state rivalry, Michigan State 
is going to be the team that usually sells out an opponent's arena. You're not going to have more fans um, at the Bryce Jordan Center uh, against uh, anybody more than Michigan State. Yeah. You know, the Bryce Jordan Center at Penn State, it's going to have the most fans attend a game, and it's probably going to be against Michigan State. It's because of Izzo. It generally is because of Izzo. <laughs> yes. It's because of the Michigan State just, dominance yeah. since Izzo took over. And there's no way around it. There has not been a more dominant basketball team in the Big Ten in since the mid-90s, uh, more than Michigan State. And there's one reason. It's Tom Izzo. Yeah. And that's it's another reason why he's a Hall of Famer. And again, if you're just joining us this afternoon on the fan, Charlie Clifford, Jimmy Cook, Dane Fife. We're thrilled to be with you until 3 o'clock. Coach Izzo will be joining the show at the bottom of the hour. Michael Lewis, 1.30. Kevin Bone will get into these Colts interviews here at 2 o'clock. And then 2.30, Tom Noy. Mike Bray is stepping down, Dane Fife. This news came out right after we got off the air yesterday. Coach Bray, as Jay Billis, I think, put it so well on Twitter. I know you linked up with Billis recently. Salt to the earth. Look, I was a Chicago suburb kid, grew up right by O'Hare Airport. There was a young sharpshooter by the name of, remember this name, Dane Colin Falls? I do not. Okay. Uh, He would have been shortly after you at IU. We're talking, you know, 06, 07 maybe. You were busy coaching. Loyola Rambler. uh, Certainly maybe a gym you popped into. Big, you know. Huge, huge private school on the Chicago North Shore. I didn't go there, but watch Colin. Anywho. I coached my first game against the Loyola Ramblers. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but I don't remember the name Colin. There's a there's a player, Blake. Uh, You're saying the collegiate Loyola Ramblers. Yeah, who are you I'm talking, talking about? I'm talking the high school Loyola Ramblers. There is a high school Believe it or Loyola Ramblers? And they are separated by 20 minutes without traffic. It's, and it's not like, like a that. charter, you know, hey, you're going to go to Loyola and hang out with Sister Jean for four years after this. It's just a it's a massive private school oh, on so the North Colin Shore. Colin Falls. Yes. Notre Dame sharpshooter. Bray found him. It's just, you know, you think back to memories of your dad. All right, who were the studs when you were growing up? Who were the guys you were going to watch when you were in sixth and seventh grade? And Bray would be in those gyms, and we would always go up to him. Couldn't be cooler. That's 20 years ago now. Uh, your thoughts on Mike Bray ultimately deciding to step aside after this season? Well, my fondest memory of Mike Bray was when Coach Knight got fired. Oh, boy. Okay. If you can think it's back to that time, were you about eight? I was not at the uh, at the outdoor press conference on the, <laughs> on the quad. Well, Coach Knight got fired, and I was championing the, uh, the protest of, look – we don't have to agree with the president's decision. We don't have to decision. listen to Miles. We have to respect the president. <laughs> but I was championing that, ah, this doesn't feel right. We want Coach Knight back. Okay. Well, I was a player then. And in the fallout, uh, we did not get our coach back. But right. we were able to hopefully coerce the administration into maintaining or retaining Mike Davis and John Trelor, two assistants. Okay. Okay. That's a huge part of that story. Here's my Mike Bray story. I received a letter from Mike Bray about two months later that just said, and it was a a young, young Mike Bray at Notre Dame. We're talking like year one. Yep. One or two, maybe three. But it just essentially said, look, you know, Delaware. Yeah. Dear Dane, I appreciate 
your willingness to stand up for your coach. We don't wow. have a lot of that in our business. But I never forgot that. Wow. That Mike Bray sent me a letter thanking me for sticking up for the business, for sticking up for my coach. Um, words like loyalty, uh, passion, uh, support. Uh, that was a big deal to him, and I never Man. forgot that. And I, you know, throughout the years, I've been able to maintain a pretty good relationship with Mike Bray um, as I've worked my way through the coaching profession. And so, sad day, uh, not necessarily, because I think Mike Bray gets to go out on his terms. Good point. And he's a brilliant coach, done wonders for Notre Dame basketball. Um, I'm sure he holds a ton of records. Um, I just hope that um, he can go out on a great note this year. And uh, he, he whooped up on our Spartans, my Spartans, not your Spartans. <laughs> I watched my that Spartans. One. They could not miss. But hopefully that's not the note. He, he the, the final note, he goes, good right. note that he goes on. Hopefully Mike Bray can go out on a great note this year. I think he will. The Irish are struggling. Um, that's an understatement. But you're right. When you look back, Dane, I think about that 14-15 team he had. They won 32 games. They lose to the unbeaten UK team by two points in the Elite Eight. UK comes here, gets stunned by Wisconsin, and for my money, favorite game I've ever covered, Lucas Oil, Kaminsky, Decker. Were you at the other game? <laughs> Sparty I, took one on the chin. You know what? I was going to just breeze over that I was one, at that game. But Jimmy was oh. there. Hopefully Coach Izzo's not on the line a little early listening to me revisit one of his least favorite Final Four memories, but he has a whole scrapbook worth. Charlie Clifford here at Wish TV. Dane Fife is back for day two, and we're going to continue to revisit some of his favorite stories with one of his biggest mentors, not only on the court, but in life. Tom Izzo is going to join us next from East Lansing. The Spartans are coming to Assembly Hall Sunday. Mike Woodson has things going in the right direction. Trace Jackson Davis is not going to allow this slander to continue, ladies and gentlemen. Plus, Purdue just put on a defensive performance, literally, that they hadn't in the past half century. We'll Jimmy, get Jimmy wants you to Izzo's break it. thoughts on Purdue as well. We're back after this. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Jimmy Cook is pulling out all the stops, and for good reason. We have a very fun one coming your way Sunday, Assembly Hall, IU and Michigan State. Michigan State just beat a very fun, tough Rutgers team. Matt Painter joked earlier this year, if I'm going to war, I'm stopping in Jersey to pick up the Scarlet Knights because that's how tough that team out of Piscataway is. Joining us right now in the mower shop from Fisher's Hotline is Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo. Tom, it's been a pleasure to sit next to your former partner in crime here, Dane Fife, for the last two days. He's done a fantastic job. As you know, he is a natural when it comes to people. When you think about Fife on the radio, what should people in Indianapolis expect, Coach Izzo? Well, I think my old boss, Judd Heathcote, said it best because I've seen Fife on, heard Fife on a radio and seen him on TV, and he's got a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you gave me that. That's what what Judd would say. No, you know what? I got to admit, I I listened to Dane's uh, TV. you know, his his beginning on there. And yes. uh, I thought he was really, really good. Did a really good job. And it's not 
easy. I think people think you can just go to those things or go to radio, you know. I mean, nobody can be like uh, like Danny because he's crazy. and <laughs> But yes. uh, I think in general, um, it's not as easy to do what you guys do, you know. But then again, Dan, you'd probably agree with this. Everybody thinks they're a coach, too. So everybody coach the <laughs> and everybody do the radio or TV. But it's harder than you think. Hey, Coach, uh, we were t- I was trying to do your, your assembly hall, um, your trips to assembly hall justice, but I, I, I failed to do so. And, <laughs> I and disagree. What, what, what I'm looking for story. is give us your – some of your most memorable moments in assembly hall since you've been coaching there, whether it's an assistant or head coach, uh, I know you've had some good ones. You know, I have, I, I think it started when I, uh, I, I got the job and uh, we had beaten Indiana at home. My first game as a big 10 and, and, you know, Bob Knight was really good to me and he was really, you know, good friends with Judd and we went down there and, I was so nervous my first trip to Indiana as a head coach. <laughs> I'm standing there waiting, and of course, Bob didn't come out, didn't come out, and didn't come out, and there's like 30 <laughs> seconds left. And I go, oh, my God, and he came walking out, and the three officials were standing in front of me. And I, I, I'm telling you, I was so nervous. <laughs> he started telling me how bad the officials were going to be <laughs> while they were listening. And then he started laughing. He said, hey, good luck, and, that was memorable, but uh, one of my most memorable games was, uh, I think we were 16 or 17 and all, we had uh, Zach Randolph and that crew, and uh, and that was in your day, wasn't it, Dane? You betcha, I was standing <laughs> under the rim. Well, what happened was, uh, who, who was it that hit the Haston. shot? Haston, Kirk Haston. Haston, yeah, he hit the shot over Zach, and, uh, and uh, to beat us, and they mobbed the floor, and one of your cops down there, good guy that I've had for a long time, he came running over. He said, come on, coach, I'll get you out of here. I said, get your hands off me. I sat on that score table. I said, if Indiana's mobbing the floor after beating Michigan State, I'm going to sit here and enjoy it. And I did. Yeah, I can remember that. You had your arms crossed and you had the smirk yeah. on your face. Yeah, just sat right there and said, wow. You know, this is pretty cool. We're reliving but, some. Some good ones, but uh, it's been uh, – you know, it's a hell of a place. I mean, it is one of the cathedrals of college basketball. And, uh, you know, I've always uh, respected it. We've played good down there a lot. We've had our few games when we were awful. But, boy, coming off uh, Indiana's win last night, the way they played, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, you didn't get a lot of sleep uh, <laughs> after watching that game, I'll tell you, because that was maybe the best I've seen them play this year. Coach Izzo, congrats again on the win over Rutgers, a a major win here in mid-January. It looked like Breslin was rocking last night. Again, if you're just joining us, Tom Izzo's with us on the Mower Shop from Fisher's Hotline. You mentioned Zach Randolph, pound for pound, one of the best blue-collar players we've seen in the post here this millennium. Trace Jackson Davis, now priority one for you this weekend, certainly reminded everyone over the past two games just what he's made of, Coach what do you see when you watch not only Trace Jackson Davis around the rim, but what he does from a leadership perspective? Well, Dan and I know him really well. I mean, Dan was there with him last year, but uh, Dan and I recruited him yep. for a couple of years back in the day. And, uh, you know, still good friends with his dad, great guy. And um, I think he's taken another step, you know. I mean, uh, some of those, you know, he, he's a little different than Zach Randolph. 
Um, they both score around the basket. But uh, Zebo, you know, would have struggled. But I don't know if I ever saw Zebo dunk <laughs> in the last couple of uh, in the last couple of games. I haven't seen uh, I, I haven't seen Trace lay it in. It seems like everything's right. So uh, he's been uh, effective. I think what people probably don't appreciate, he might be one of the best passing big men. Um, but he's able to go right and left a little more. It looks like he's put on a little more strength. And uh, he's having not only a heck of a year, but he's, boy, this last couple of weeks, he's been really dynamite. And as I said, uh, you know, I don't know what his leadership's like because I'm not there, but I know what kind of kid he was and what kind of family he came from, and we always appreciated that a lot about him. And I still pull for him, uh, one of the recruits that got away that I pull for, uh, as long as I'm not playing him. Now, I'm not going to pull for him on Sunday, but I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I will well, pull for him most of the time. Yeah, you look up and he's 15 and 19 late in that second half. We'll be, uh, we'll be thinking about you, Coach. But I know your team's playing well. If we could get your thoughts, too, on on the job Matt Painter's done. Look, this team was unranked preseason, and that's the way Painter prefers it around here. They're now 18-1. and one. It's the best start in program history. He has the Rubik's Cube that it appears no one's been able to solve. I know it was a real tight one at your place. Your perspective on Zach Eady and what he brings to the game, knowing how it's played nowadays, Coach, how do you put this into perspective for fans who used to watch big guys dominate like this, but it just simply doesn't happen anymore? Yeah, that's fair. First of all, you know, Matt is a good friend of mine, good friend of Dane's. I, I mean, I think he's the coach of the year. I mean, he's done an incredible job. And an incredible job, he might be the best coach I know that gets guys to play their role. <laughs> you know, the Morton kid is just love him. I mean, he just does what he's <laughs> supposed to do. He he just kind of plays his role. Those two guards are, you know, really solid. But Edie, as far as he goes, he's a legal man. He shouldn't be able to play. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody that can guard him. I mean, we didn't guard him with a fish net. But uh, he was, uh, I mean, you know what? The kid has skills. What people don't realize about him that I learned was, you know, he's a very good baseball player. He can hit. I mean, he is an athlete. And, uh, he makes his free throws. Um, so I, I've been very impressed with Purdue. I, I do think this, uh, he's getting every bit of ounce out of every one of those players. You know, uh, the lawyer kid has been phenomenal. and Smith has been very good. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they got those two power forwards uh, that, uh, you know, I recruited. Dan, we recruited one of those guys too. And uh, he's uh Caleb, yeah, first. Yeah, first big hoss. Yeah. Caleb first. Yeah, him first. and Kaufman are a nice little yeah. tag team. Yep. Yeah, first and Gillis is, uh, you know, they bring one in, got a little more size, one a little more strength. But uh, they've done a heck of a job with that team. And I, you know, I, I, I think um, they're not the most talented team, as we're not either, but um, they are maybe the best uh, put together team and understanding their roles and being solid and not deviating from the Purdue way. And uh, I think Matt deserves a lot of credit for that, to be honest yeah. with you. Hey, Coach, uh, you and I talked back in December when I did that game at December 30th, and we were just talking about all the things, uh, pros and cons of, of college basketball, things that are going on. And 
One thing that I, I found really interesting was we were talking about the portal. We were talking about the good things. And we were talking about the things that, that people are struggling with with the portal. Can you talk about a couple things that I think would be really beneficial for people to hear down here? Just about the, the of course, the pros of the portal, but the, but the cons of the, the, the negatives that can, that can arise when you, when you decide as a staff or, or a program to go portaling, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, and uh, you know, even back three, four years ago when this whole thing started, I was on the board and, you know, I'd come back and tell you things from meetings. And I think the one thing that I always still question, and I, I really feel bad about it. Listen, nobody's happy anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. Judd used mm-hmm. to say, there's not a freshman in America that's happy because he scored 30 a game in high school and nobody scores 20 a game in college. So yeah. you already got guys unhappy. Then with social media, you know, it's distorted. So the minute anything goes wrong, I mean, I think we just learned to leave. And, uh, that scares me. Now, that doesn't mean every place is for everywhere either. I mean, you know, you might come to a place and realize that hey, it's not right for me and it's not. I mean, I have total respect for that. But yeah. giving freedom to just do whatever you want, whenever you want, whyever you want, I don't think it's healthy for the kid. Right. That's what I'm worried I mean, We're going to survive. I'm going to go get another player. We're going to get this. Might not be quite as good, but we're going to survive. But what do those kids do if they go somewhere else and they already got somebody else from the port? Right. Yeah. But they didn't know about, you yeah. know, and or what do they do when they graduate? Yeah. You know, we got guys that have been in four different schools. Where where are they going to, you know, maybe three of them are mad at them for leaving. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, where do you go when you're trying to find a job or you need some help? Or, you know, I think there's some unintended consequences to this yeah. stuff that's really going to hurt. But. I could be wrong too. I'm not the smartest cook. No, no, no. You're not. You're not. But one of the things that I learned under you is like we are the first. We are the last line of defense before these these oh. young men and and a lot of times kids are going into the the real adult world where it's you're not playing with toys in the, in the real world. And I thought it was interesting too. You brought up you know someone's allegiance like. Where where are your where is someone's allegiance to the school or loyalty to the program or loyalty to the coach? Like I went to to Indiana to play for Bob Knight. How often is that gonna? How often does that even happen anymore? I mean, do you see it getting better? No, I see it getting worse because I don't think <laughs> so you're do going to be engaged, and yeah. I don't think. But but I think the other thing that I worried about that we talked about on the board I was on and I still am on is. Um, you know, right now the players kind of control it, you know, yeah. like the NBA where the players can make decisions and hell, coaches don't even know when they go in the portal sometimes. They just have to go across the street and sign in and everything's cool, you know. But when are the coaches going to start putting players in the portal that they don't right. think are they mean- don't, You know, when is that going to happen? Uh, I promise you. You know, not here because you can say I'm old school, whatever, but the younger, it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a transit yep. uh, programs and, and instead of uh, ones that are built on, on loyalty and tradition and all that. If they think that's good for it, well, then that's what they'll do. But I think it's going to hurt because I think coaches are going to say, wait a minute now, kids complain about playing time. He doesn't understand the process. Yeah. And I had so many pros that hardly played as freshmen, you know. Yeah. That's illegal now. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, those are the things I worry about. And when I say this, I 
I tell everybody this. Um, you can think it's old school. You think I just don't like it or I don't want to do it. I'm going to have to go in it. I'm going to have to do what I got to do. But for the most part, I've said it from the beginning. I'll say it now and I'll say it when I'm done. I'm more worried about what it does to the player. We're going to all survive. We get paid to do it. If things go wrong, I still make a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get fired, but all that. But what about that kid that's got two, three, or four years to determine his next seven? Right. And that's the case a lot of times. And I know so many of our players that have fought through so much adversity, and it turned out great. Right. Yeah. Appreciate it on the other end. That's exactly right. You don't do it. I don't don't know if you'll ever appreciate it. I don't know if you'll ever be happy. I mean, the grass is always greener, right? I mean, if you're white, the grass would be greener tomorrow. So, I mean, the grass is always greener until you get there, and then then it's usually it's it's not much better. You know, you still got to go to class. You still got to work out. You still mm-hmm. got to lift weights. It's, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. Embrace where you are. Enjoy it. If it's really not that good for you, then I think you should go. But I, yeah. I, I never saw a reason why sitting out was bad. Uh, the guys that are good enough are going pro anyway. The other right. guys, they need to get their degree. That's Co- the way I looked at it. Coach Izzo, we'll get you out of here on this. Look, it's been a blast to have Dane Fife here in studio. I know he's been an open book. He misses being in the living rooms, speaking with the families, oh, getting get the stories. What do you miss most about not being on the road with Dane Fife? Because oh, I know you and Dwayne. Look, you. you, Dwayne, and Dane. Come on, you guys had the we, longest we, tenure we, trio, we, though, there we, in the we NCAA. Did, we did have a long tenure, and it's it was freaking uh, crazy. It was all good. He'll, he'll get back in it. Uh, you know, things things take turns for funny reasons, but I, I think like he's doing, and I, I would encourage this too. I told him I'd be visiting uh, other colleges. You mm-hmm. know, you had Bobby Knight, you had Tom Rizzo, and, and uh, you know, you had a little bit of Mike, you had a little bit of yourself because you were a head coach. And, yeah. But there's a big world out there, and I think both pro and college, you know, I'd be visiting places. I'd see where I want to go, which I think he's doing, and, and, you know, doing a little TV and radio is, is good because you have to do your homework. That's and right. sometimes when you're doing TV, you know, you go to other practices and you see how other people do it because there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And the more you can learn, the more you can pick and choose the way that maybe be best for you. So I'm expecting Dane to be back in it. Uh, you know, he's a junkie. He's, he's going to be coaching. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back there. And, uh, but for now, you guys got to put them up, put up with them on radio. And, <laughs> but I was impressed, Dane, and I even called and told you that. Yeah, you did. You did a great job, and I don't think it's as easy as people think. So I don't know if you can take over for Dockage yet. But <laughs> right now, you better just enjoy the day. Tom, appreciate your time, and right, thanks guys. for letting your buddy hang out with us. All right, see you, coach. All right, man. Appreciate you. Good luck Sunday. That's head coach Tom Izzo, Spartans Hoosiers Sunday. Man, you guys are just like two old buddies from fourth grade here. You know, they call him a youper. That's somebody (laughs) from the Upper Peninsula. I'm surprised that people don't know what a youper is. But um, I I think back to a year ago in um, April, and we were mulling the decision, well, you know, Dane, should you – should you go to Indiana? Should you should you consider this? And it, you know, Which would have been two years ago now in it, April, correct? Uh, last, last yeah, yeah. 
You're good. Hey, I didn't come here to argue with you, Charles. <laughs> I'm just. I I'm mean, making sure my COVID years. Is this are my still show or is right? this your? Sh- no. Mike's up. So, uh, but you know, I I can sit there and honestly say that he, Coach Izzo, talks about legitimately being concerned for the players. Okay, the 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 boots on the ground, the ones that are going through it. And he was the same for his coaches. You know, I could sense, and, and there were several jobs that came up during my career where I was up for a job. And there were certain ones that I was trying to read his body language. Sure. And he's never going to keep a coach from from going after a job. That's as big a deal for him as a player going pro is, is, a, is an assistant getting another job. Um, but I could sense that Coach Izzo thought it was a good opportunity for me to go home. Uh, my wife, Blair, is also an IU grad. Right. She's from Kokomo, Indiana. My daughters were kind of quasi-brainwashed to be Indiana Hoosier fans. <laughs> and so I felt like for the first time, Coach Izzo thought, man, it's a really good opportunity Um and you're talking about they're talking about you being the next head coach, uh, the coach in waiting. He goes, I don't know how you turn that down because Coach Izzo, I turned down Tom Izzo initially as a recruit to go to Indiana. Wow. He knew, Coach Izzo knew that in some form or fashion that part of my that my heart was divided. Yeah. Uh I'd fallen for Michigan State, East Lansing. Uh, the Michigan State brand, everything that was Michigan State, I fell in love with, and I was both feet in. But there was a little point of contention with my heart that said, "Look, I probably got a chance to be the next to be the coach in waiting, and this is home for me." And he never said, "Go home, Dane." It wasn't, it wasn't, you know that 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 beautiful. You're talking to the coaching decision that yeah, he made two to, years to go yeah. to Indiana. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, that artsy, but it was it was something where I felt okay. It's okay to 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 leave. It's okay to leave Michigan State to go to Indiana. It's okay. And I I credit Coach Izzo for giving me that confidence and that strength yeah. uh for doing that. And to be able to still have maintained this relationship that I have with them, forever grateful. He's always had my back. He's always been incredible for me. He's almost been like he's part of part of our family, part of the Fife family, part of my family. Uh, been great to my parents. Just just an awesome, awesome dude, and a great guy to work for. Not always easy. We can great, tell. And a great guy to play for. Not always easy. Didn't play for him, but have the way you want it. Many. Though, if you want to be the best, yeah. if you want to be the best, not looking for a best friend that, here. That's a scenario you strongly consider. That's Dane Fife. You're listening to Dane, myself, Jimmy Cook. IU fans want to know how you feel about the Hoosiers right now, and I would love to get into more of that after the break. We're going to do that next on The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Two-minute drill here on The Fan, 107.5, Charlie Clifford Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, Pacers and Nuggets tonight, Purdue wins big at Minnesota, IU with 
<laughs> just the turnaround week here for Mike Woodson. Who, who, we who, just heard who from, from uh, Coach Izzo. Izzo and the Spartans going to IU Sunday. That place is going to be hostile, to say the least. Uh, Eric Gordon, guys, chirping Illini fans on Twitter. Get him, bring Gordo. A, does that bring a smile to your face, Dane Fife? Oh, I love it. I love it. Get him, Eric. That was a huge deal when Eric Gordon told Bruce Weber in Illinois, not coming, going to Indiana instead. You remember when that happened? I do, but I was deep you were, into you coaching old, the Mastodons. Yes. You had your own storylines to cover. Uh, Tom Izzo telling us earlier this hour that he thinks Matt Painter, no question, coach of the year around America. Purdue's now 18-1, and best start in program history. Uh, again, if you weren't clocking in last night to the barn, they gave up 12 points in the first half to Minnesota. Minnesota scores 39, the lowest total the Boilers have given up since 1944 against DePaul. That's how dominant it was. Your guy Mike Lewis is coming on with us, Dane. We got about 30 seconds here in our two-minute drill. He's coming on at the bottom of the hour, 130. Ball State, chirp, chirp. Worthen's been bumping again. You surprised at all that they've been this good this soon? No. I Look, Louie can coach. I mean, Mike, Mike can coach, and he's worked for a, a – wait do you hear the, the list of uh, great coaches that he's worked for. He, he walked into some he, – he had some pretty good players at his disposal. But let's remember now, this is a guy that's waited a long time to be a head coach, and he's got the pedigree. Can't say he's got the hair, but he's got the pedigree. <laughs> and am I surprised? No, because I've known Mike for a long, long time. I know he's waited for this moment, these types of moments, and – I'll be danged if he doesn't come in and make some noise. And that's what he's doing. He's got a heck of a family. Muncie. Yeah, he Mike Lewis is a bulldog, man. And thrilled to have him again. Shout out to Dane Fife for hooking us up today, not only with Coach Lewis, but Coach Izzo earlier on the show. We're back at the top of the hour. Colts are interviewing two today. That number now sits at 13. Who's speaking with Jim Ursay this afternoon, plus an injury update on Tyrese Halliburton and Fife? On the record on what his relationship now is with the Hoosiers, he got into it a bit yesterday. We're going to continue that conversation next on The Fan. Wish we were out there together this fine Friday afternoon with a little more sunshine. Some temperatures better than what we're dealing with. It's felt like the Windy City the last two days. That wind was whipping again today. But it's your weekend nonetheless, and that's a beautiful thing. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife is here, Jimmy Cook as well. Let's roll. It's 1 o'clock. Mike Lewis of Ball State's going to join us at 1.30. We already heard from Tom Izzo. Izzo and Sparty coming to Assembly Hall Sunday. That's going to be an absolute throwdown. Two teams playing very well at the moment. Michigan State beat Rutgers last night. IU 80-65 to over Illinois. Trace Jackson Davis, 35 points. Six off his career high. Remember, he dropped 41 on Marshall last year, but 15 of 19 shooting. He was magnificent. And a couple buckets by Trey Galloway in that second half when that game got back to about a dozen point Deficit for the Illini, that really sealed it. 61% for Mike Woodson's team on offense, best percentage of the season. Still had a ton of turnovers and fouls, but IU fans, I know you are bracing for what will be hearing loss this weekend at Assembly Hall. That place is going to be up for grabs. Purdue, 
keeps doing what it's done all year. 18 and one best start in program history. Seven, one now in the big 10 first team to seven wins in conference six and oh in true road games this year. Best mark of any power five school. Zach Eady, 35 consecutive games and double figures. Braden Smith put up a line 19, seven and seven last night in Minnesota. First time a Purdue freshman's done that in two decades. Look out. Colts coaching interviews. Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, one of the old hats in the room in this coaching search. He's speaking with Jim Ursa today. And then Brian Callahan, other end of the spectrum. Callahan, 38 years old, four years as the Bengals offensive coordinator. He has turned out fantasy football numbers that have won you and I and a bunch of people a bunch of cash the last four years with that wide receiving crew and then throw in Joe Mixon as well Callahan uh a name that hasn't been you know extremely hot in this coaching search nonetheless he's taking time ahead of the Bills game uh on Sunday to speak with Jim Ursay as well we're gonna do a little pick out of the hat and decide who we want the Colts coach to be today. And we'll continue to do that roundtable as the search continues. Again, it's 13 names deep now. Jeff Saturday spoke with Ursay yesterday. And it would make you believe that when Jeff Saturday walked out of that room, Chris Ballard probably peeked up from his notepad and was thinking to himself, what's, does Ursay, is he ready to move on? Is there, have we heard enough? Is, is there going to be, some more convincing that's going to have to happen potentially. I'm not saying Chris Ballard is definitively against Jeff Saturday. I don't know that. They're both great people. They're both extraordinary at what they do. We're not here to cut anybody's legs out from underneath them. However, knowing how last season went, knowing how Bubba Ventrone, who I would go on the record and saying, I believe that was, that was Chris Ballard's pick. That would have been his pick in the middle of the season, knowing he was passed over without any input. There was no interview. There was no give me your thoughts. It was Jeff Saturday or the high road. And to go one and seven, something tells me that um, it's somewhat unlikely that Chris Ballard wouldn't like to see this go in a different direction. But we're going to find out for for certain here, definitely over the next couple of weeks. We have some... Pacers injury news to pass along. Tyrese Halliburton was on a podcast yesterday, and he alluded to February 1st being the earliest, potentially, he would be back on the floor. Uh, Jimmy Cook, are you starting to get very worried about uh, potentially Halliburton being out longer than maybe some of us anticipated, knowing you've lost five straight, you're going to Denver tonight to see a Nuggets team that is first in the Western Conference? I'm definitely concerned. I mean, we talked with a couple different people throughout the week, including Tony East, who highlighted the fact that in general, Tyrese Halliburton isn't the only workhorse on the defensive end. Like they, they can survive defensively without him, but it is late game counterpunching to runs that they've so often given up during this losing streak that makes me miss him the most. So yeah, that's definitely concerning. It also kind of makes you reset expectations though, for where this team can go because you both mentioned earlier this week this four game road trip that they're currently on is and could be very telling for are they middle of the pack seed team Mm -hmm. or are they fighting for water to squeak into the play in while being near the lottery by the time Tyrese Halliburton comes back so yeah it's definitely concerning for me but it's also helped me temper expectations just a little bit because they have looked rough over this span without him 
Are you taking any big man in the NBA for a postseason run over Nikola Jokic? Or is he your number one overall selection? Putting Giannis as more of a wing. Let's take Giannis out of the conversation. I mean, your battle for big men, at least right now in today's NBA, Jokic is one, and then you'd be foolish not to pick and beat out of a hat through the East. So it's always going to be them. But, I mean, everybody, particularly if you watch the NBA on a nightly basis, loves Nikola, right? He's the two-time MVP for a reason, but it's also, I've never seen a big man. I haven't never seen a big man, but I haven't seen someone <laughs> move the way he does and pass the way he does like he's a point guard. Like, it, it's... He is so fun to watch, and if you're looking for your top big, you're not going to have to twist my arm to say, yeah, it's it's Jokic for sure. Yeah, Jimmy Cook, Nikola Jokic is a point guard. Dane Fife, Wednesday night, Nikola Jokic sat on the bench, refused to acknowledge the tribute video that the team was playing for him midway through the game because he had just become the Nuggets' all-time leading assist man. Wow. This is a seven-footer who plays like he's playing on a – Little Tyke Soup every night and has the vision of, I don't know, magic, whoever, who, who, whoever has, who comes close. He's like a player who, you'd make in 2K when you're having to blend <laughs> two different archetypes of players. He can do everything you want out of a center, but also has, it, yeah, like you said, pick a guard and yeah, he can do it, it from a passing Who's the best passing big man you've ever seen in person on film? Where, where would your Dane Fife power rankings be in terms of? Being able to move the ball, high post, low post, double team. Man, that's a tough one. I Coach Izzo just gave a huge shout out. You know, Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis, two players in state now that are doing it. But yeah, I'm, I'm talking Trace more. Pass, big but picture. you know, I, it's funny because when you talk to the old school pros, okay, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, they talk about Bill Walton. Mm. If healthy, would be in the top three or four ever. I'm not talking about big men. All time. Bill Walton was healthy. Hmm. You can find plenty of old school guys talk about how good he was. In particular, and I don't even know this, but they talk (laughs) about his ability to pass. Obviously to score, but his ability to pass, his ability to overall play the game. I'm not sure he would be as mobile, but I'm used to seeing, you know, arthritic struggling to kind of move faster than a snail's pace bill walton yes um even when he played with the celtics in the mid 80s i mean he was he was having trouble Laboring. moving yeah he would be equivalent like if you took me with the jacksonville <laughs> no jacksonville jackson creek jaguar seventh grade girls team he'd be equivalent to maybe watching me Try to be use utilize my mobility against seventh grade girls. In yeah, that this would be. Frame. We need to make that happen. That's not going to be an if. We're going to need this frame a little scrimmage. Um, it would be art. It would be art form to watch me go against the Jackson <laughs> Creek seventh grade girls. We, we have Jack a new Marsh most Bar. clicked on story this month at one oh seven five. The fan. It's Dane Fife getting absolutely trolled in fast break defense Fife by, turns it up against seventh grade yeah, girls no, hoops it, team turning back the clock to 02 is is not happening around no. here it's funny you mentioned walton notre dame the connection yesterday we brought up it was the 49th anniversary of digger phelps and the irish snapping the 88 game win streak of ucla mike bray's at the podium right now he's going to step down after this season bray opened the presser jimmy cook and dane fight by saying wow i had to step away to get 
get the door unlocked to the football press conference room. You know, finally, awesome. finally on my way out, I get this beautiful. New, this room is pretty nice. Life. When we talk segues, that's a great one. <laughs> hey, there. We're, uh, we're wishing Mike Bray a good guy. All the best. Again, if you're just joining us, that news came down yesterday. Bray's going to step aside in South Bend after this year. That's going to be an interesting opening. Yeah. ACC, you've got the brand. You've got the fan base built in. You can recruit both coasts. Hmm. Uh, Matt Painter, last night after the win over Minnesota, it was 61-39. to This is church league stuff when the seniors are playing the sophomore team. And guess what? Zach Eady and Co. No sympathy for a Gophers team that sits in the basement of the Big Ten standings. First half um, of Rutgers, probably the first eight to ten minutes against Ohio State. Like here in the past month, I'd say those are the only two times where you just, you know, didn't feel like you know we were all there. And, and that's that's competitive sports, right? You're not going to have a team that's going to go ten games and then just say, like, hey, every half we've been ready, every half we've played well. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. But for the most part, our guys have been dialed in, and they've been ready, and that's what we talked about. We know we talked about the two or three games we'd like to have back last year. You know, at the end of the game, you know, at Rutgers, at Indiana. You always talk about the ones that get away from you, and then you just act like, ah, we had those games. But in reality, we really didn't. We were very fortunate to win. So just not having any regrets. Jimmy Cook, Dane Fife, your thoughts on when this point in time arises, and it did against Michigan State to a degree. Purdue's going to have to drop a play for one player, and does everything go to the post in a must-win, must-bucket situation? Do you have to touch Zach Eady? Cook, I'm starting with you on this. If you're drawing up one play, and then Fife, I would like you to refine uh, Jimmy's thoughts here must get bucket because it feels like there could be four or five different answers well and i want dane to dive into this from the coach's perspective because it seemed like and maybe it's just painter being painter but it seemed like in his press conferences after that michigan state game was that it wasn't immediately it had to go to Edie. they wanted to try to operate within the flow of the offense and if he got open they would go that way it was a great pass obviously from from first to Edie, i believe it was and then i mean he's a human cheat code so it was me Again, the, the non-coach in the room, yes, the big fella should be touching the ball every possession, particularly late, and if you get him one-on-one, he's the human cheat code in the Big Ten. Let him go to work, and he <laughs> nine times out of ten will take you there. Well, it obviously depends on how much how many points we need, fellas. Fair, fair, come fair on. point. Um, we're not running. Time a, and score. We're Time not and running score. a baseline runner for Zach Eady to come Let's off. Let's say it's a two-point game, so Eady's in play. I know, I'm with you. Yep. Um, I think... It's got to touch Edie's hand, but not before it touches probably a Braden Smith or a lawyer's hand to make the play. Okay, so you're going to bring Fletcher Lawyer or Braden Smith off of a screen to either shoot it or throw it inside, depending on what you need. But obviously, I think it starts with those two players, two of those three players, with Zach Edie being the final guy that that is is the end game. Sure, and let's end the game with Zach Eady scoring the bucket. Lawyer has looked so confident late in games. This guy's already made a handful of big-time shots. You think about the one on the road at Nebraska uh, in overtime. I've been blown away by his composure, and we've joked about it earlier. It feels like they're tag-team this. All right, you want to be the guy tonight? No, 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 Braden, I did it. I, I took the reins last week. It's your night tonight at Minnesota. 
it's been impressive. It's well, one of impressive. the things about Fletcher Lawyer and his brother Foster Lawyer is they've got the stones to make the big shot. He's they, at Davidson now? Davidson, yeah. Okay. I went and watched him last week. Still got it. He's playing with a little plantar fascia issue, but just um, those guys were born to hoop and born to make big shots, and they've done it all their lives. Um, what's interesting about this Purdue team is Coach Matt Painter has always designated one or two guys only on the floor that make the pass down to the big man. Uh, I can remember when um, they had, uh, gosh dang it, Matthias. Dakota Matthias was the sole guy on the floor for much of the game that would throw it inside. We'd try to tell our guys (laughs) at Michigan State – that this is the only guy that's yes, thrown it in. No one else is looking. And it wouldn't, it to no avail. <laughs> um, and now they've got one or two. Coach Painter may disagree with that. He might not, might, might not want to reveal his cards. But when you have guys that can throw it inside with the accuracy that the Purdue guards and the Purdue bigs can, can throw it inside, it's almost as if you're scoring the ball for Zach Eady. You're leading him to the rim in many cases. You're, it, Coach Painter talks about it all the time. He wants players that can pass and catch. Sounds like a football coach, doesn't he? And now he's kind of it's kind of morphed into pass, catch, and dribble. And it's assumed that when you recruit a guy, especially when you've done it as long as Matt Painter and his staff, Paul Lusk being one of them, Brandon Brantley. Yeah. Lusk is like the big guy coach, right? Yeah. Now, Brandon true? Brantley. Brantley, Brandon sorry. Brantley. Okay. But Paul Lusk has been with them forever, went to be a head coach, served at Creighton as an assistant, and now he's back in little known, little known name, Terry Johnson, now on staff. Terry Johnson uh, worked Holtman, with me as a colleague. Fort Wayne Mastodon. Really? Terry Johnson. He Wait, say that one more time. Worked with me as a Fort Wayne wow. Mastodon. I want to say 2007, it's amazing 2008. how small of a world your your biz is, Dane Fife. Right. You're just joining us. You're listening to the voice of Dane Fife. It's been a thrill to have him in here the last two days. Jimmy Cook's here as well. Charlie G- Clifford of Wish TV. Yeah. Jimmy's here for sure. Jimbo. I, I, look, happy to be here. We're swinging it to the other wing now. I use hot. We've spoken about Trace Jackson Davis's dominance. Jordan Geronimo's played a key role, I think, the last two nights. Dane... I want to revisit the conversation about you, what's going on in your life. Certainly on paper, maybe some IU fans would assume, oh gosh, Fife's not rooting for this team. He came over, as you mentioned, potentially being a coach in waiting. This is something you've worked your butt off for your whole career, and it didn't work out. Please explain to folks about life right now, when, especially when you're watching this team, knowing how close that logo has been to your heart for 20 plus years. Well, I think a big looming and it'll always be looming and lingering is people, the few or many people, they want answers. They want to know why, how, how did this go down? Why did it happen? And the best thing I can say is, you know what? Those that know me, uh, know what I'm about. Um, understand that, um, things like this happen. And the answers or the answers to any questions are just not meant to be talked about. And and that's my choice. And I've got nothing to hide. It's just in order for everybody to move on, especially those that are close to me, I've got to move on. Yeah. And so I leave it at that. But 
It is strange. People ask me a lot, do I root for IU still? Um, yes, I do. I, I, I've always rooted for them from afar, but now I've grown. I, I still have people that are on that team that I'm, I consider myself very close to. Whether I talk to them a lot or not, I still have players on that team and staff members that I feel a sense of closeness and, and I want to cheer for them. I want to see them succeed. And so I root hard for IU at times. Now, when they play Michigan State, I, I, I'll probably be neutral because I, I've got such a great relationship with the folks that I worked with back at Michigan State for 10 years. Clearly. But what Indiana did, here's a segue for you guys. What Indiana did last night, I think, reinvigorated the fan base. It gave people a lot more than just hope. I think you're right. This is the Indiana team that everybody has expected. Personally, this is the team that I expected. I thought that the toughest thing for Indiana to overcome in order to be truly successful this season was they needed to find a way to score a few more buckets. Had nothing really to do with defense. I thought the defense would be one of its staples. The defense right now is one of its staples. The defense in the previous five, six games prior to the Wisconsin game last Saturday was no, non-existent. They're losing. And now that I think Indiana has their defense, um, I think it's really etched in stone now. I think it's something they know they can rely on. They've got it under wraps. They know their roles and responsibilities, minus Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. That's what's been lacking. That's what's come on. And now you can see their offense flourishing as a result of their good defense. Is defense Mike Woodson's? Is that his? Is that what's on his desk? Um, I, I'd say so. Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. Being in, you know, I don't want to speak for Coach Woodson, but um, those are one of the things that he he definitely prides himself on is is having a good, sound, disciplined defensive team. Um, I think it makes it a lot easier when you've when you've got a a front court of yeah. Trace Jackson Davis. And Race Thompson, the real test came when Race Thompson went out, and somebody at the at the forefront with the speed and quickness of Xavier Johnson went out. I think that's been the ultimate test for Indiana, and based on the looks of the last two games, they've got it figured out. You said you were at an IU game recently. Which Wisconsin game was that? Wisconsin, Wisconsin game. Yep. Have you run into Woodson? No, no, no. I I uh, try to stay out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I try to sit up in that uh, 76 suite, they call it, up behind the, I, I believe it's, uh, well, it's the basket nearest the visitor's bench. And sure. The main reason is, A, I want to stay out of the way for the few people that might make a big deal out of it, but B, the food, oh, the food is outstanding. I give the IU Free varsity, a charge. I give the IU Varsity Club <laughs> big kudos for the assortment. And then that pumpkin pie we talked about yesterday, woo-wee. We're still talking about it. Indiana, this we're is all going for on you. a week now, and Fife can't get over the pumpkin pie. Dane Fife's with us on the fan. Mike Lewis is joining us. Uh, we got a few more minutes here before we're going to take a quick timeout before Coach Lewis brings us into his world up in Muncie, which has been nothing short of entertaining. Dane Fife, when's the last time you were around Bob Knight and got to visit with your old coach? I spent time with him um, this summer. I spent time with him this summer. We talked about uh, 
you know, my days, his day. I, w- I went with my teammate, Kyle Hornsby. And one thing that really piqued his interest was um, he was always a big fan of kind of the World War II um, the United general. States military history. The general. He he was a fan of Patton. He's a fan of Ike. He was a fan of the, the, the greatest generation. Yes. You know, he was And the greatest the, generals. And the greatest generals. <laughs> but um, we talked about the, the Ted Williams baseball card that he, it seemed all four years or two years that I was there, excuse me, it was always on the arm of his chair. And I know he was a good friend. Uh, he and Ted Williams were good friends. They hunted together. But um, just a time to spent just a time to hang out with my former coach in a setting that I'd never really had the opportunity to and just talk about old times, the good old days, and make each other smile a little bit. Who was his favorite player during wow. your tenure? Who who were you like, oh God, Knight's easy on him. I know Knight loves him. Well he loved Kirk Haston. <laughs> Now, he had his moments with Kirk Haston, but a guy like Kirk Haston, he ended up being picked 16th by the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Great player, great person. Um, Kirk Haston gave everything he had, and, uh, you know, he was the last guy to ever have the hook shot. The, what is it, the sky hook. Kirk Haston actually had, for any basketball fans, the sky hook was last executed to the T. Get that knee up, 90-degree angle. Kirk Haston from Lobeville, Tennessee, Indiana Hoosier, the sky hook. Dane, you talked about, okay, I got to try to win this guy over. How could you ever walk out of a gym? Practice is done. I know I I can go shower. I can get out of here. But I I need to try to win night over with guy. How was that process of trying to know when it was okay to stop working because if not, I don't want to be in this guy's doghouse. How well, did you handle that in the early going? There there was no litmus test. There was no process of winning Coach Knight over because <laughs> Coach Knight... It was unwinnable. He was, it was unwinnable because he was <laughs> not going to stop and he wasn't going to apologize for not stopping in his... Pursuit of excellence? Well, his pursuit of excellence for his program and for his players. And for those of us that went there to play and had a full understanding what we were up against, we appreciated it. We wanted that. I wanted to be coached every day. I I deemed it kind of a privilege to be yelled at by a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I really cool. did. I really, same with Coach Knight or Coach Izzo. Did it ever get to the point where you're like, that was personal. That was BS. I never felt that Coach Knight would got to the point where it was personal um, because I'd heard him say it to certain players, say certain things similar to what he'd tell me to other players. I, I think the best coaches deliver the most consistent messages. And in that sense, it never feels like somebody else is receiving favoritism. Somebody else is receiving preferential treatment or right. – it doesn't. It never felt personal. It felt like there's something bigger than all of us here, and what it is is it's Indiana basketball, and in a sense, and Coach Izzo delivers very similar messages. Is if we all can understand that if we can put the team at the forefront, what's best for the team, we all win, and we all win in our with within the team 
concept, but we also win as, as individuals, and we get what we want out of it if that's what's supposed to be. Dane Fife bringing us into the life of Fife. We're thrilled to have him up here again this afternoon. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Jimmy Cook, Mike Lewis, Ball State head men's basketball coach. Chirp, chirp, Indianapolis. Ball State's 13-5, and five and they have a monster game tonight on the road. That story's we better next. get the fight. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Song. Hey, that song's been playing a lot up in Muncie the past few weeks, and for good reason. Ball State alums across Indy, you need to know this. Your cards are 13 and 5. The women's team is playing lights out right at top of the Mac as well. But right now we need to focus on what's going to happen tonight at Kent State. Kent State's 15 and 3, Ball State as we mentioned 13 and 5. It's Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. And now on the Motor Shop Hotline out of Fishers, Michael Lewis is back on the show. Coach Lewis, thanks for joining on what will be a very exciting night. We had you on recently and Things were trending in the right direction then. What's your message tonight against the team in the MAC that appears to be on paper quite possibly the most potent uh, right up there with yours here in the early going? Yeah, they, Kent State's really good. You know, I, I uh, you know, I think Rob's got a, a, a really good team. I mean, they they battled Houston, Gonzaga, um, and Charleston's their only defeats all all teams in the top twenty five, and um, you know they they they've got a real NCAA tournament team. Like I've, I've been fortunate to be around um, and be a part of a lot of NCAA tournament games, and they they have that type of team. Um, you know, we I, I want our guys to kind of embrace the moment. Like they they've earned the right to play in games like this. I, you know, I think there it's a blackout tonight, and then two dollar beers and discounted tickets are trying to you know get a, a really good atmosphere in there. And I want our guys to embrace that. You know, I, I want that to become as we build this program. I told them like that that's going to become the norm. You know they they don't do that for eighth, ninth, tenth place teams. Like they do that for the the top teams in the conference. And and our guys have um, to this point earned the right to play in a game like that uh, tonight and to have fun with it. Like if we if we're going to compete for what we want, um, you know we're going to see these guys three times. So um, let's lace them up and see where we're at. Love it. Something tells me, Dane Fife, that Jaron Coleman, former star here in India Cathedral High School, for Coach Delaney. He's going to love a packed house with some uh, well-hydrated Kent State supporters tonight on the road. You know, Coach Lewis, first of all, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Feels a little funny calling I mean, you Coach you, you, Coach Lewis. You, 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 you flipped to the other side, man. You're straight media. Media, baby. You're, you're calling games. Now we're doing radio, man. Um <laughs> You doing good? I ha- I'm doing great. I had visions of doing a Jim Rome, um, Steve slash Chris Everett moment, oh, but wow, I, I, I am going to tell I'll tell the story of how you know we're playing. <laughs> so Charlie, every year, um, you know, recruiting in the summer, coaches end up in Vegas or a bunch of different places. But sure. after the tournament ends, you know, waiting for our flight, we do commercial flights. So so Mike and I would would play uh, nine holes of golf just to catch up. Mike was somewhere. I was somewhere across the country. Yeah. You know, we played together for two years, remained friends. But this one particular time, and this is what a good guy Mike Lewis is, <laughs> is 
the, the particular out. course, it was TPC <laughs> Summerlin. It just been aerated, oh. so so it holes everywhere, and um, we hadn't determined the rules, but they said you can on the green. You can, you know, that was a course rule. Well, early on, I. I uh, it topped one of my shots off the tee into uh-huh. an aerated, might have been a pond, but it looked like aerated. Yeah, free drop, free <laughs> hey, drop coming right, right out no of the question. gate. Mike Lewis, just you know what? Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Well, no, I mean hey, if we're going to play by the rules, let's play yeah. by the rules. I mean, but aer- aerated green and a pond—that's pretty different things. Just because the pond. <laughs> but you know what? You set the tone right the there. Had, well, yeah, the pond had no water in it. It's Vegas, but it's still a pond. But I, hey, <laughs> you set the tone right there, Coach, and you let me hit out of the. You let me just kind of nudge it out of the aerated hole and went on to beat me by thirteen strokes. But. Uh, <laughs> That's the good guy that he is, but uh, so I pre I wanted to make sure I tell that story of of the the grace you you'd shown me back in the day. I but I wasn't uh, I'd seen your golf game. I wasn't too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. it's the so, best match yeah. decided by thirteen shots yeah, in the history yeah, of golf. Yeah. Great drama. So so my I I, I did want to ask you a serious question that I've been thinking. I, I very curious. Uh, I remember when I became a head coach and. You know, the, the word identity came up, you know, for who I wanted to be, the type of temperament. Um, you know, I went one game, I'd try to be Coach Knight. The next, I'd try to be Coach Is. The next, I'd try to be Dan <laughs> Fife. you know. And so when when you think back to your first couple games, um, what you've, you've been influenced by, I, I look at the, the coaches you've worked for and served under. There's so many personalities and so many names. When you thought about and when you think about forming an identity of your own, what comes to mind? What what things factored into kind of being who you are as related back yeah. to the people you've worked for? Well, I just, you know, I, like you said, I've been fortunate to be around some really good guys. And, and each one of them, you know, when, when you get your opportunity, like, just, you know, be you. You know, you being you has been, you know, good enough. So, right. you know, I, I don't, you know, I, like I, I've learned a lot from each guy. Um, and, and I just try to put it in to take the things that I think that fit myself, my personality, my team, um, and just go out and, and be me. I'm not, you know, I, th- I think that's probably, it can be a strength or a weakness, right? Like I think one, you know, like I'm, I'm very comfortable with who I am. I don't try to be somebody I'm not in. And I've just tried to get these guys to, to compete you know, embrace the competition in the game, to play hard, um, to believe in some defense, um, and just, just enjoy their, their college experience. They only right. get one, one opportunity to do this. And so I've just tried to be myself and, um, you know, fortunate to have some really good guys on the team and a great staff that um, they bought into to what we're trying to trying to do at Ball State. And, and it's, it's really rewarding to see them have this type of success, um, you know, and, and have this experience. You know, and, and like, you know, tonight's a big game. Yeah, know, but, it you is. Know, the next, the next, the next game on Tuesday is going to be the the next biggest game on our, our schedule because it's the next game. Yeah, like that's the biggest. That's what we've tried to you know portray to our guys each game. Like this is the biggest game of the year because it's next. And you know, so and they've done a pretty good job of embracing that. Hey, like win, winning tonight doesn't make our season. Losing tonight does not break our season. But let's yeah. let's go out and compete, enjoy the atmosphere. Like this. This is uh, you know something that I don't, I'm not sure anybody on our roster has, has experienced. So right. it's going to be new to them, and we got to try to try to help them through it. And and uh, at the end of the day, man, we're 
we get I get a coach a game, they get a they get a hoop, and and uh, it, it should be a really fun Friday night. Yeah, life is good. Amen to that. Michael Lewis, Ball State head coach, joining us, former Jasper star, welcoming him back to the Hoosier State. Mike, I was up there for your introductory press conference. Um, it was a special day, I know, for you and your family. If you can take us behind the scenes with your wife and, and daughters about what it's been like to come back to the state where basketball reigns supreme and their lives in and around town. Um, what's it been like just being a dad and, and being a husband here now back home? Yeah, it, it's been good. Like, like Dane knows my wife, you know, like she, you know, he knows how excited she is to be back in the state. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the coolest thing is kind of, um, you know, how, how, they've all fit into, you know, the Muncie community and, and, uh, my, both my daughters go to the Yorktown schools and, and, um, you know, they immediately, you know, met friends and, and were, you know, were over, over at people's houses and kids were over at our house and, you know, just like how, <clears throat> how easily those, they adapted, you yeah. know, and, and immediately, immediately fit in was, um, you know, cause that's something behind the scenes you always worry about, you know, right. like, you know, how are they, they going to just like, we just go to work. <laughs> you know, and and they've got to they've got to fit into the community, and and uh, the community's been great. Um, they they love being a part of you know Yorktown and the different things that they're they're involved in. It's been an easy transition for Nicole, and um, you know it's 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 really kind of what you know we we thought it was going to be. Now, um, my face got got put up on a billboard, and and uh, just embarrassing my two kids. That's hot. Yeah, you know, it's it's, embar- it's embarrassing to the two kids. They're like, oh my god, all my friends are going to see that. So it's hey. uh, it's kind of good to be reminded that you're just you're just the dad, right? You know? Right. Yep. Uh, Coach Lewis, I'm looking up the other night. Sports Center top ten plays. In comes Jalen Sellers to my living room, throwing down a dunk on the run. We've spoken about Jaron Coleman and his tenacity. I compared it to Russell Westbrook. He just plays with an edge and a fearlessness. I want to get your thoughts on Sellers. And someone who, let's face it, if you aren't watching a ton of mid-major basketball, you see Jalen Sellers on the floor, and he just stands out, Coach. Yeah, he's you know he's earned. I say it all the time. Like you, you can't get upset with results if you if you don't put the work in. And you know he's earned the right to play and have the type of sophomore year that he's having because you know of the work that he put in over the spring and summer and fall. He had a small setback when he broke his hand uh, right before we started playing games, but he's wow. recovered very well. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's earned the right to be, you know, having the season that he's having. Now, you know, he's, he's also adjusting to, you know, being a marked man on a scouting report, <laughs> and, um, being a little bit more of a, you know, focus of a defensive attention. And, and um, you know, he's got to learn and grow through that. And that's, that's part of what young players do. Like there's a, there's a great responsibility to being a good college basketball player. And, and uh, he's, he's learning that. And, um, you know, his attention to detail, his, his work ethic um, is what you want in a, in a college player because he sets the tone. Like when guys come in and he's like, he's in the gym all the time. Like yeah. you want to know why he makes shots? You want to know why he shoots 50% <laughs> from the three point line? He's in the gym all the time. And, and so it's, you know, just like our team experiences success, like it's good to see him uh, playing well because you feel like he's put in the work. Coach Lewis, who are you taking in a shoulder press competition, Peyton Sparks or Dane Fife? Jeez. 
<laughs> shoulder press? Yeah. Didn't you have, a, didn't you have like a shoulder problem? Uh, several several like surgeries. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to take pee on that one. Charlie walked into a landmine. Forgive me. You walked into a landmine, Coach How about Clifford. a squat press? I, I can't get over Peyton Sparks, man. That guy is he, – he is an athlete, Coach. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he demands a lot of attention. You know, and he's he's you've got a game plan for him. You've got to account for him, and that's that opens up things for Sellers and and Boogie, and, you know, and so and, and Demarius Jacobs. So, you know, he he's you got to account for him. He can be a he can be a problem, and he's an unbelievable kid. Um, and and again, you know, he had a great freshman year. He's just continuing to build on that. His his percentage, his shooting percentage, field goal percentage is up. Yeah. Um. You know, and he's, you know, he's just a, he's just developing. Um, you know, right in front of our eyes, and he's you know he's a, a really good um, post player, especially you know here in the MAC, and you know you feel like you can go to him in key moments, and he can deliver. Yeah. Hey, uh, Coach Lewis, your boy Fife here. Uh, t- talk about some surprises. You know, everybody. Well, well, what surprised you about being a head coach versus being an assistant? Talk about some yeah. surprises or some things that that maybe you weren't expecting or were expecting a, a lot less as you've worked your way and waded your way through this head coaching deal? Yeah. Well, you, you didn't go to, the, like, a media school. So you're, 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 let me help you. You're not supposed to start a question with talk about. Thank like, you, Mike Lewis. No, no, you can't say talk about. You know better than I think God. you're going to get a whole diatribe on that one day. Professor so you Lewis, when did you? thank yeah. you. Gosh, it's yeah. only day hey, two in here. Give me, okay? give me the scoop on day some two. surprises you've yeah. you've you've gotten thus far being a head coach you know, I, versus an assistant. Yeah, I, I think just um, <laughs> you know all the things that come across your plate as a head coach that don't impact winning that you know people place an importance on. You know, like you get it, you get in the heart of the the schedule. Like I I know who our next game is on Tuesday. Like I don't know what's after that. You know, and like the the travel plans and making decisions on this and that, and you know all those things. Like you're just, you know, I'm I'm watching tape at Kent State and I'm scared to death. And, and you want to know where what time we're trying to eat two weeks from now? Like, <laughs> come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just some some silly things like that. You know, but it it's um it, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, some of the administrative stuff kind of kind of wears on you a little bit and and especially when you're starting in a new place and you're trying to build a program and kind of change um change the program change the culture and and it takes everybody so you you know you're you're involved with the sports information department you're involved with the marketing you're involved with the ticketing like how you want things done how you want your your program uh portrayed and then yet you got to remember like the the meat and potatoes, the thing is, is, is with your guys yeah. and how they and how you're getting them to play and prepare for games and, and all that type of stuff. So I think just, um, I always, everybody I ever worked for, except for Miles, and you'll understand this, mm-hmm. would, would, would just, you know, like, this is the greatest job in the world if you didn't have to play games. I never, <laughs> understood, I never understood it as an yeah. assistant. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You know, but now, like, I, I completely get it, one hundred percent. But uh, it's probably just those those kind yeah, of things. But you just clean. But five, clean, just clean up your questions. Yeah, asking that's fair. I think you got. I think you got something going here. I you mean, think I got something going? It, well, that or he's going to put me in a headlock, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get a noogie for the next hour and a half for bringing up the the old shoulder problems. Look, Mike Lewis, you have built a foundation there, and we are 
Very interested and excited to see how you get this plane off the runway. Four and one in the MAC, 13 and five overall. You're going to be watching CBS Sports Network tonight, 630. 6.30, baby. At Kent State. I'll be locked in. Golden Flashes, 5 and 0. Oh. Maction heating up with Coach Lewis back in the basketball state. Coach, thanks for hopping on with your old pal Fife, all right? I appreciate you guys having having me on. See you, Coach. That hey, is... when you, hey, Fife, when are you coming to Muncie, man? You, you, you uh, next week. Like, like, no, literally, he's been talking about this, in. Mike. Next man, week. He's coming up. Save my seat. All right, buddy. I may bum a ride with him. Uh, let's go. I need yeah, some pretzels. Right, <laughs> we're going to get you those, and for now, we're going to present you, that interview by the guest line. Courtesy of the Mower Shop in Fishers, themowershop.com, all your snowblowers, commercial and residential mowers, plus service and power tools, themowershop.com. That is where you're going to find all of your answers. Thanks to all the great folks up in Fishers at the Mower Shop. You're in the drivehuber.com studios, Charlie Cliver to Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. We are approaching the 2 o'clock hour, and that'll be a great time for Kevin Bowen, who you listened to this morning, to rejoin us because we have Colts head coaching news A new name has surfaced. That is right. The list now is 14 different candidates that the Colts have either spoken to or requested to speak to. And this name uh, would be an outlier in terms of personality. That story is next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Dane Fife needs 50 cents. If anyone's around the circle, uh, the search is on Fife's war against the vending machine. It's now day two. We'll continue to update this developing story in real time charlie clifford to wish tv with you it's it's been a battle that the vending machine jimmy cook has won valiantly thus far we'll keep you updated again this is the fan 107.5 rich basaccia interim head coach in vegas last year led Derek carr and the Raiders to the postseason. They lost to Cincinnati on Wild Card Weekend in Cincy. He was shown the door despite completely settling things down after John Gruden was dismissed in the middle of the season. He became the Packers special teams coach this season. And now he just wrapped up his, what we would think it was a Zoom call with Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard. And yes, that does bring the list to 14 different candidates that the Colts have either spoken with or requested to interview. There were two other interviews reportedly to occur this afternoon. That is Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, and Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator. This list is, is it going to hit 20? Are you going to get to 20? You still haven't, I mean, how how high can you go before at some point don't you look around and say hey that was pretty good we we like five people now do we need to speak how much of this do you think has to do with the fact that there are names that are still active right now that they have not interviewed yet and so in the meantime instead of just you know twiddling their thumbs hanging out at West 56th there's a couple other candidates that are like, hey, let's interview this guy. Let's see what he has. While we wait for guys like Wink Martindale and like Coach Kafka to be done. That's just obviously the Giants. But there are coaches that they've yet to interview 
that are still in the playoffs right now. Jimmy just mentioned both ends of the spectrum in terms of the age discrepancy. It's been a very young pool so far, Dane Fife, of young coaches. You're thinking we got to get some old folks in there. I, I look. <laughs> I'm I'm astounded at the transparency. You know, driving home, hearing on the radio that it was tweeted, and I don't know that 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 they just interviewed a particular candidate. Correct. They've been leaving a paper trail for us, which is nice to kind of well, yeah. hey, interview complete with. I think it's nice for the media. It is. I don't think it's in the best interest um, to have that litany of, of candidates, uh, the paper trail. Um, of course, that, that dispels a lot of rumors. You know, it can it can squash a lot of rumors. The flip side, if you think those rumors are bad, just wait till the rumors they come up about a candidate that's confirmed to have been interviewed. You and, can't win either way, Charlie and, and Jimmy, right. but um, I, I am amazed, and I, I don't think I'm uh, sounding far-fetched in my amazement that um, that we're getting it's it's a reality that there could be twenty candidates. I mean, uh, what for? I I, can't, I mean, I just, again, that's my only theory is that there's other names they want to interview that aren't yeah there's aren't available right now because they're prepping to win playoff games. Right. Use the time valuably. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I've Dan, you the closest in the room to that type of thing. Like I've never interviewed a, a, for any coaching position whatsoever, but I would think that you'd rather use the time valuably. And who knows, maybe you find a diamond in the rough of a name that wasn't on your list, but someone's like, hey, you should talk to this guy. Not like a random person on the street, but, you know, a fellow front office executive somewhere, a fellow owner. Hey, we got a, a great special teams coach here. You should have a conversation with him. I don't know. You got to fill the time somehow. The concerning part, and they don't care about this, that being Jim Mercer or Chris Ballard or anyone who's in charge over there. There is no public support of a clear front runner. That would have been Jim Harbaugh. He decided not to even speak with the Colts in a formal interview setting. It appears he's going to stay put in in Ann Arbor, barring a complete change of events. Sean Payton has not been rumored. I don't get a sense that there's a popular favorite at the moment after 14 names have been released. Jimmy, do you agree or disagree on that? The tinfoil hat says he was an interim coach earlier this year. You know who the front runner is. But I'm, but the legitimate in you think me says Colts no. fans want Jeff. No no no. no. I, I thought you meant the front office. Oh, you mean the fans? Yeah, like the Pulse, from a the public support. I mean, we're here with the people. I think I think you we want with them. I think you want an offensive minded coach. I think if it's the fan base, so that has to be of the people they've interviewed to this point. I mean, they've interviewed Bienemy, but I don't like. We had Nate Taylor on over this week who covers the Chiefs, the Athletic, mm-hmm. and former a lot Andy of the beat writer exactly covered the Pacers for Indianapolis, uh, the Indy Star. So. And the chat after him talking, I mean, it, they seem sold on a little bit, but I don't know if there's a clear Colts Twitter, Colts Reddit, wherever you want to seek the fan base out or in person. There just there's isn't. not a glaring, this is the guy I absolutely want. Bubba Ventrone, maybe. A lot of people like Bubba, but I don't know that I'd label him as the clear, yes, that's who the fan base wants. Yeah, that would have been the case two months ago, sure, but they sure, screwed sure. that up, sure. and we all know look, that. So. Look, the coach matters, all right? The head coach certain, certainly matters, but there's... There's no Phil Jackson without a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. Go out and get yourselves a quarterback or commit to one you have. But you got to have, if you're the Colts, you're founded on great quarterbacks. Go out, make some trades, 
Empty the whole special teams. Empty <laughs> empty whatever you got to do. Empty the bucket so you got some cash to go out and either trade up for a quarterback or get yourselves a QB. Dane Fife, you're going to be happen. in luck because they're going to do that. Chris Ballard has nothing to lose. Jim Irsay has no sympathy for anyone on this roster that he just watched go 4-12-1. If the Bears want to make a deal... I have a hard time believing anyone will have a bigger offer than the Indianapolis Colts. Kevin Bowen will speak to that next on The Fan. Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, Charlie Clifford. We're back at two. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. As the show's coming on and off air here at the fan, 93.51075, these head coaching candidates continue to pile on. Every show, there's been a new candidate, which has been great. We thank Jim Ursay for this extensive search. It's given us plenty to discuss and break down hypotheticals, offense, defense, young, old, special teams. Uh, can anyone fix this? That is the question Dane Fife just posed. And Dane, your answer was no unless you answer the quarterback question. We're going to answer the Mower Shop hotline right now with Kevin Bowen. Kevin and Query in the morning, they had you all fired up as your Friday commences in Indianapolis. Kevin, we just learned in the last half hour, Rich Bisaccia, former interim head coach in Vegas last year, led the Raiders to the playoffs, a team that was on the mat and got up thanks to this fiery guy. Kevin, That was a personality and an attitude that woke up a team that was dormant. And for me, Jeff Saturday didn't really wake up anybody here. Your thoughts on Bisaccia getting a look here this afternoon as he's now the special teams coach in Green Bay. Yeah, certainly a lot of naps. Colts fans took late in the season watching that football team. Jeff Saturday did not wake up uh, anybody. Um, Didn't wake up the <laughs> when you look at Pasachi, I mean, to be honest with you, Charlie, that Raiders dysfunction last year, I mean, that was drama filled uh, you know, to the nth degree yeah. from the John Gruden emails to the tragedy with the Henry Ruggs, you know, car accident that, that, that killed somebody. Um, I don't think when he took over and whatever it was early to mid October, you know, they ever thought, oh, yeah, playoffs here. And sure enough, um, that's exactly what they did. And, you know, Colts fans probably have a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth still from what Pasachi's group did to them, you know, coming here to Lucas Oil Stadium yes. in Week 17 and beating the Colts here and then making the playoffs. And really, they gave Cincinnati everything they could handle in that wild card round game down there in Cincinnati. So I, I think this might qualify as the first candidate we've seen that really is a bit of a surprise, having said that, just because he hasn't been a popular name throughout you know, the other openings. Um, so he's also the oldest candidate, you know, 62 years old. I don't know if that really matters, but it seems like the majority have been much more on the younger side. Uh, but he's got Chris Bauer connections. Obviously, you have Gus Bradley on staff. You have a couple other Raiders assistants from last year, so you have some connections within your own staff. That would make sense here. But um, I, I see some Colts fans kind of freaking out, like, what, what in the world are they doing? Why are they interviewing all these people? I got no issue with it. Uh, you were bad, which means you are granted the opportunity when you fire head coach to interview and interview everybody if you want to and take as much time as you want. I think it's smart to gather intel. Maybe you're building a coaching staff. Maybe some of these names that you've interviewed, maybe they're not a head coach, but maybe they're a coordinator for whoever you decide as the head coach. So 
I got no issue with it. Obviously, the process will speed up a little bit after this weekend's game. Uh, but, yeah, this one probably qualifies as a little bit of a surprise. Hey, uh, KB, are we there? Can I go KB with you? <laughs> Dane Fife oh, here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are. We, we are so – I got a question for you before, before it's all set. Oh, oh no. By the way. Oh, dear. Okay, so uh, can I ask mine first? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, Such great manners. Hey, wow. Let's, let's cut the Tremendous crap here. Tremendous gentlemen. Let's cut the crap. You're Tiger Woods. Fluff just retired. <laughs> you need another caddy. Let's now put ourselves in the shoes of the Colts. Who do the Colts need as their next head coach in your mind? Wow. Just, who is the Colts? Steve Williams. In there for who, who are the Indianapolis Colts? Steve Williams. Can you imagine having Fluff as your caddy, first off? I mean, like, uh, was he just a perfect sidekick for Tiger right off, you know, coming right out of Stanford? I mean, he just looked like a caddy. And Fluff, I believe, is still, still going strong. I, I lugged the bag for Furyk. I there saw him go. two springs yeah. ago, and I couldn't help myself. I did the old stumble in and just touch his uh, mustache, and his beard. <laughs> oh, you know, there, there's a movie somewhere about that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a uh, uh, Billy Madison, um, where you know he he stumbles onto the the teacher's hair or something like that, and it, it <laughs> happened with me with Fluff's mustache. Uh, I had God. to just get a piece of the mustache and. And uh, it was a good moment for me. But yeah, go ahead. You, 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 your wife had to be pretty jealous. She uh, was. Yeah, she was. Yeah. was. Um, Happy. As am I, to be honest with you. Okay, yep. who, who's the Colts caddy? The name that I'm pretty intrigued by is D'Amico Ryans. You know, I think if you look at his history um, and, and what people have said about whether they played with him or played under him, they speak very, very highly. I think oftentimes we just assume like the quarterback is the most cerebral position on the field. We probably don't give enough credit to a middle linebacker being that, and that was Ryan's background. I mean, I know Charlie certainly has been a part of the Colts locker room sessions, and Zaire Franklin would, would qualify as that for the, for the Colts. So yeah. I do think Ryan's is a really intriguing name now. The question with any defensive candidate is who are you hiring offensively and how are you going to maintain that continuity? Right. I think – San Francisco is a very creative offense uh, under Kyle Shanahan. So if Ryan's looks at that staff and feels like, you know, he can find somebody there, maybe that would be the hire. Uh, so he's probably the name out of everybody else on this list that stands out. Brian Callahan um, is also intriguing to me, mm. uh, you know, considering the quarterback draft pick that's of the utmost importance. I think pairing that quarterback with a head coach that has, you know, extensive background there. Makes a lot of sense, and if you look at the quarterbacks that Brian Callahan's worked with, starting with Peyton Manning and, and Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford, and now Joe Burrow, that's a pretty good group for a yeah, guy that a isn't group. even yep. forty years old. So those are the two names um, that I would say of everyone so far: uh, Fluff Callen, Steve Williams. Sign me up. <laughs> Kevin Bowen joining us now. You heard him this morning. Get to one hundred seven five thefan dot com. Kevin has a great write up little things that you need to know about each and every candidate. Again, if you're just joining myself, Charlie Clifford and Dane Fife with you this afternoon, Dan Quinn, Brian Callahan, Rich Bisaccia, the three interviews today for the Colts. KB, I believe that brings the total up to 14. Jeff Saturday spoke with his bosses yesterday. What do you think that pitch sounded like from Jeff Saturday? It's the million-dollar question. Is there enough on the table for Saturday to vouch for his job and to win him over against all these other candidates? How do you size up what you expected to hear if you were Jim Ursay in that conversation? 
Yeah, I would have loved a uh, fly on the wall. Oh, gosh. That one. Hard knocks, I, I please. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you just read off the Dan Orlovsky tweet and, and hope that <laughs> resonates um, in that interview session or what. But, you know, Jeff Saturday, of course, doesn't have much, if at all, um, over the eight games to go off of tangibly what we saw, you know, each yeah. and every Sunday. Um, so a lot of it's got to be big vision. A lot of it has got to be. Uh, you know, if I'm able to implement my entire plan, this is what it would look like. Jake and I talked about this earlier in the week. I am fascinated to know what a Jeff Saturday coaching staff would look like. You know, he doesn't have, obviously, a lot of coaching connections within the league. Ironically, I would say one of the guys that he probably has a connection with, longtime assistant here in Indy, just retired. That was Clyde Christensen mm. down in Tampa for the past couple of years. Um, I know we, and I've probably been one to do it. We probably joke about hiring just some ESPN colleagues around him, but I say this in all seriousness. Like, would, yeah, you... would Dan Orlovsky be on his, his his coaching staff? Like, you know, that is a, a, a name that Orlovsky's mentioned before that he would have interest in that. So that aspect of the Saturday interview would be very, very curious to me. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of the latest candidate they just interviewed, Rich Passaccia was thrown into a horrific situation. Um, you had John Gruden, again, fire midseason for the emails and the 10-year contract and all that blows up. Uh, you have a player that, again, tragically in a car accident, kills somebody else, and you're able to all of a sudden turn things around and they go 7-5, and five, they make the playoffs, and they almost beat Cincinnati. And Jeff Saturday walks in here and made it much, much worse from an on-field product. And, again, it wasn't a situation where Frank Wright got fired for those reasons or you had the player tragedy that – uh, that the Raiders had as well. So um, I, I don't know a whole lot of outside of big picture, big vision, Jim Irsay, look into my eyes and, you know, all of those sorts of things. Um, but I would be super curious to find out exactly what he would have said. And, and KB, back to Coach Fife here. Uh, obviously a Jeff Saturday hire would be an outside-the-box hire. Who else, if anybody, intrigues you that's either been interviewed or not would be another guy that that could potentially be an outside the box hire. I'm big on outside the box hires. You know, they talk yeah, about that's a good question. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know if anyone necessarily qualifies. <laughs> certainly, no one as much in the Saturday camp. I mean, if you look at everybody else. Uh, Charlie, what do you say? Is it 13 or 14? I think it's 14 right now, now, KB. Jimmy's okay. thinking up so, upwards of 20 before it's all said and done, though. <laughs> Yeah, what, what is the over-under? I mean, let's set one yeah. right now. Jimmy. Kevin Bowen's with us on the fan. Kevin, make make the over-under on half, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I don't like being spoken for. You know, it just, just depends. Sorry, Jimmy. It's all right. I forgive you. Uh, KB, I'd, pri- I'd probably mark, mark it around there. 16 and a half is probably good. Yeah. But but my argument was where yours is, Kevin, is that interview whoever you want right now. If you're still waiting sure. for playoff coaches to be done with their run, don't waste the time. If there's someone you like or someone, a fellow front office or owner says, hey, check out our special teams guy. What the hell? Is Sean Payton still the first domino in all of this? Is anyone going to get hired before Sean Payton gets hired? Yeah, that's it. And I got to jot some things down because I feel like there's a couple things that I that, that I want to mention here. Um, Dropping knowledge on uh, Yeah, Peyton domino effect. I would agree there. Um, Dane asked me, surprise candidate. I want to mention that. And then this might be a bad analogy. And Dane, feel free to correct me if uh, if you would disagree or or if you agree. I would appreciate that as well. Okay. Um, 
I look at this Colts firing a Frank Reich and the fact that you can, again, interview pretty much whoever you want and take your time and, and not rush the process. In a way, I almost look at it when, like, the college basketball programs go on the foreign tours. And you get these 10 extra practices, and I, I believe it's 10, I don't know, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Mm. some number like that. So all of a sudden you get 10 practices. Take advantage of that. And and that has been a positive you know, right. realm from a college basketball program. In the Colts' stance, it's obviously not because of a positive event, but you have an opportunity to do something that not 25, 26 other teams aren't able to do right now. Now, again, they have a stable coaching situation or some somewhat stable, so that would be their advantage. But if you're the Colts, you might as well get all of this intel that you can. Again, try and build a coaching staff. Okay, who does – Rich Passaccia, like, who, who would he like on his staff? Oh, that's a name I didn't think of. Uh, if we hire Raheem Morris full-time, I might mention that name to Raheem Morris. Oh, this is how Passaccia would, would, would run practice. And, you know, maybe, whatever, Dan Quinn wants to run it this way. And, and you're almost kind of putting a puzzle together. And then you can kind of drop hints to whoever you hire up. These are some thoughts that I like from other candidates. What do you think about that? So that's kind of how I view it. Um, as far as a surprise, again, I don't think anyone sniffs the Saturday resume. I, I am a little curious that, and who knows, maybe there will be more candidates. I don't think there will be a lot of lot more new candidates. There can't be. You, there can't. At this, sure. You know, I think we got to get the second interview. Coordinators here. that are left are now in in the queue, right, Kev? I mean, any anybody else from the college route? You know, I mentioned Nick Saban yesterday. <laughs> You know, the college route, it, it, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, if you go back to 2018 when Chris Ballard ran the show for the Josh McDaniel mm. hire, yeah. Matt Rule mm-hmm. was the name okay. then. Mm-hmm. And that was still Matt Rule early in his Baylor tenure. Right. And I don't, I, I, at that time, he had not interviewed anywhere in the NFL. So I was kind of curious where would the Rule interview be mm-hmm. this cycle? Again, I don't think we've seen it yet. The one coordinator name that I'm a little surprised we haven't seen yet. Uh, is Leslie Frazier with the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on Tony Dungy's staff for a couple seasons here in Indy. He interviewed uh, back in 2018 for the Colts and Chris Ballard when uh, Josh McDaniel said no. Uh, so he's probably the one name that I'm a little bit uh, a little bit surprised by. Kevin Bowen, will Jim Irsay struggle with his obsession with keeping it in the family? It, let's take Jeff Saturday out of it and assume for right now that Jeff won't be returning is that just always going to be a kick for him? The, the Manning tie you mentioned with Callahan. I mean, it feels like that carries heavy weight considering the rhetoric we've heard from Ursay over the past year. Yeah, I mean, Jim's a hopeless romantic. Um, he will certainly fight that. I think that's the greatest thing in Jeff Saturday's uh, corner right now is just the massive amount of, frankly, endearment he has for Jeff and how much he loves that era of football. And, you know, it's probably the closest thing he'll ever get to Peyton Manning, to be honest with you, in terms of a beloved figure within the organization, potentially being the head coach. I thought, you know, Jake made a really good point earlier in the week in that what you're seeing with Jeff Saturday, because I don't know about you guys, but I can't find more than two or three people in the entire city that wants Jeff Saturday to be the head coach. And there's a lot of, I think, kind of venom towards his run here. Not him, but towards the the two-month run here. And that's exactly why I can never see Peyton Manning wanting to whatever, be a head coach or right. be a GM. No because, question. you know, w- when all of a sudden you put yourself in a different job from what mm-hmm. you were beloved in, 
the PR angle can turn in a hurry, and I think we all know Peyton cares about the PR angle a whole lot. And, you know, to a degree, probably all of us do, but Peyton certainly does. So uh, I, I just don't think there's any other candidate, Charlie, that would qualify as getting to that era um, anywhere close to, you know, Saturday's love that Jim Mercer has for him. Fife, you've seen it. The best players rarely make the best coaches. Larry Bird, an exception to that rule. Um, your thoughts on just this experiment as a whole, looking back quickly here as Kevin Bowen's still on us with the Mower Shop Hotline. You watched from afar this Saturday experiment. You were not inside the bubble here with the rest of us. Was it as baffling to you as it was to most of us? It wasn't. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, KB, you know, Jim Ursay, a hopeless romantic. And coming from a, two programs that value Michigan State and when I played at Indiana, two, two programs that, that value um, its family members in, far beyond their playing days. Uh, I still contend that you have to have either, and I said this yesterday, and I'd love for you to agree or disagree. I know Query will disagree. <laughs> Um, but you either have to have a great quarterback or a great defense if you're going to challenge, the, be a challenger in the NFL. And Jeff Saturday or not, you better go out and get a QB. And oh, yeah. and for me, I like the idea of Jeff Saturday being the being the next head co head coach of the Colts. Um, I'm not too concerned about how it finished because I know it can change on a dime. I've seen it with the Lions. No, I haven't. I've seen it with uh, maybe the, the Eddie DeBartolo, San Francisco 49ers, or the Troy Aikman, Dallas Cowboys, when they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Lions and then went on the, went on the following year to beat the, beat the Hogs and the Washington Redskins. It can change on a dime. And personally, I'm, I'm pretty excited the fact that Jeff Saturday might be the next head coach of the Colts. Due in part because I can respect the loyalty of, of a Jim Irsay or a Chris Ballard. Let's bring back the old and make it the new. And it would start with Jeff Saturday. And that way, <laughs> the Pey if Peyton Manning doesn't come back, because I know Peyton Manning would like not like coming, seeing that statue all graffitied up. Like, oh, gosh. Like, like that kind of People stuff that happens. People wind up in penitentiaries Every that we, loss, we yeah. don't know exist yet. The underground prisons of Indiana. Kevin, to Dane's point, it wouldn't be boring, and I hope it doesn't sound like I have a rooting interest up here. I've gone on the record. I don't think Saturday is the answer. I don't think he will be, but from a media perspective, I mean, Jeff is not boring. He's He plays you straight up. I hope it doesn't sound like we have a rooting interest up here. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say a couple things off of what Dane mentioned, and then I would love, by the way, to sneak in my, my, my Dane question, if you don't mind. I know Jimmy is all over the clock situation and just no. terrific management here. Late game, final two minutes to go. <laughs> um, on a couple of the points Dane made, couldn't agree more on quarterback. I mean, the eight teams will watch play over the next two days, not a single quarterback's over the age of 29. So um, this is unheard of in the NFL. These quarterbacks are going nowhere. There's quarterbacks that aren't even playing this weekend that you would take on your team. So you got to go find it. As far as the Saturday angle is, to me, it's too much of Ursay's hiring a friend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dane was an ex-player, tremendous player at IU. Thank you. Thank you. And also, in his post-playing career, built quite the resume as a coach. So if Scott Dolson would have gone that route, there's a ton of merit there. Um, and I don't know the post-02, 03 Indiana Hoosiers and what everybody did after 
their playing career in Bloomington. But if Dane had a teammate that never coached and all he did was, you know, whatever, work in the media world. Be like Jared Jeffries. Yeah, I'd never be, want to work in the like media J- world. J- oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get I, again, I I don't even want to throw a name out because I, I, I don't no, know what no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 people yeah. have done. But, yeah. you know, I don't know, Dr. Hornsby maybe. There you um, go. <laughs> you know, and, and all of a sudden Dolson makes that higher. I'm right. going to sit there and be like, wait, what a minute. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit too – friendly on that end yeah um if i could shift gears my question for dane would be this i'm a diehard one of about eight out there in the world i'm a diehard notre dame basketball fan yes sir um what what mike bray accomplished there uh extremely impressive remarkable really Legend. over the course of two different conferences is notre dame we had great greg Stahl on earlier today and i know dane and rake have worked here over the last couple of weeks Rake was adamant that Notre Dame was a top 20 job in college basketball. As a diehard fan, I was stunned to hear that. I wanted to drive to Rake's house and give him a hug, and I really hope that the, uh, that, that is true. Where would Dane Fife rank the Notre Dame basketball job among college basketball? Well, I look, let's talk Power 5 conferences, Power 6 in basketball. And from that standpoint – I would say top 50, top 45, top – let's go top 40. But I'm not sure that, that Notre Dame at this point, uh, given all the success they've had, given everything that Coach Bray has done, and he has been incredible. I mean that with all sincerity. He's one of my favorites in the business. I'm not sure given all those things that it's a top 20 job. And Yeah, I would agree. The main reason, the main issue is you have to be able to get over Notre Dame football. Okay, it's not that happen. is a hump. That's like, um, you know, like, like it's Ohio State, Michigan, or Ohio State trying to get over the hump with those. And and can Not- Notre Dame is in the conversation um, every so often. In that's in the conversation in some form of cycle. Notre Dame, I'm certain, has been talked about as a top twenty program. But I think year in and year out, that's hard to maintain. Give them the circumstances at Notre Dame and with the great coaching, the great staff, and the great players that Notre Dame has had year in and year out. That's a heck of a tough question you threw at me. What Are, are there know, any easier ones? Like, what's my daughter's name or something? And I, well, honestly, if I were Jack Swarbrick, I'd probably be making a call to you. But uh, so. Hey, honesty is the best policy. So. If everybody operate, operates like you, KB, I'm in good shape. Mower Shop Hotline is open here, KB. Anyone needs to call Fife. We'll so, take yeah, the interview oh, on good. air. Jimmy, how are we list, doing on time? You know, I, this guy, Coach, yeah, Coach K, got, KB, just know, made I, my I day. I got Dane on the list. I got the guy you had on at one thirty on the yep, list. Yep. Michael Lewis. I've got. You know what? Might, might as well make a call to John Beeline. Chris Quinn with the Heat would, yep. would, would certainly there you go. Uh, get Legend. A, get a call there. And you know what? Um, this is a pipe dream, and maybe the Mike Woodson Indiana things popped in my head, but. Phoenix Suns under new ownership. I believe you know the new ownership. I do. If things are if things are a little awkward for Monty Williams. Come back home to South Bend. Come Granted, home. You say come back. You say come back home to South Bend, and you think, boy, what a place to live. Yeah. So, well, Rudy uh, lived there, and that's. <laughs> hey, I like South Bend. That's a nice place. I eat college football. Hey, Saturday afternoon. It is a special place. Where else would you, you rather be? And right here, right now. KB is my man. Uh, Kev. We kept you way too long. Have a great weekend. Again, read Kevin online. Any developments in the Colts coaching search? Uh, enjoy KB and best of luck to your Hoosiers. We had Tom Izzo on earlier. That one should be epic. 
Yeah, it'll be a fun one on Sunday. Gentlemen, terrific listen, and I love the fluff reference, Dane, so thank you yes, for that. Yes, sir, you're welcome. That was all for you. <laughs> this one's for you, KB. Kevin Bowen, <laughs> I wish we could have gotten more golf. We'll have to do it again with yeah. Kevin. Uh, Dane, also golf nut here. Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, Pacers, Nuggets tonight. Nuggets an 11-point favorite. They've won eight in a row. Nikola Jokic now the all-time leading assist man in franchise history. They have Jamal Murray. You watched a ton of him. He's back. Coming off the knee, 500 days away with the ACL. Came back this year. Dane Fife, the team you watched Saturday at the Fieldhouse, the Grizzlies and the Nuggets, it's them and then a six-game gap in the Western Conference. This tide has turned over. LeBron's out of the picture. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, certainly potent, but not playing elite winning basketball. Let's not forget the Warriors. Warriors are lingering. Suns are lingering. But there's a good distance with John Morant and then Jokic and co. in the Nuggets. You're going to watch tonight, 9 o'clock tip-off out in Denver. Um, This could feel like a new chapter beginning out West. Granted, Suns are dealing with some injuries. Warriors are... This is Memphis and Denver, Dane Fife. This is, you know, last time we had some an outlier like this, it, you'd almost have to go back to Utah in terms of those two markets. Coincidentally, David Adelman, Rick Adelman's son, is right now filling in for Coach Malone in Denver. He has COVID. He said, look, for... People aren't watching our Nuggets right now. Murray and Jokic, their repertoire is Stockton and Malone-esque. Wow. They, sixth sense. Did he say that or did you say that? He said that. Wow. And Murray can score it better than Stockton. There's no doubt about it. Jokic can pass it better than maybe any big man ever. You yeah. threw out Bill Walton's name earlier. Um, you could see the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals this year. Well, the other big part is the change in... Uh, elevation that stuff plays a big role that that might sound trivial but it's a big deal it's a big deal when you're playing one game you know game three game four game three um i still i look i i like the sound of that but i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna let you in on a little secret okay do not count out draymond green and the golden state warriors i will say this though having watched the grizzlies they're twenty-two and twenty-three. Golden okay. State, yep. your boys. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Having watched the Grizzlies, Grizzlies live, Jaron Jackson was hurt for much of the year, first part of the year. I just can't get over the amount of guys that they have on their squad that can come in and in a moment's notice and contribute right away. They are long, they're athletic, they work hard, and they've got a superstar in John Morant. Yeah. That is so electric that he people are coming like they did MJ to watch him do some of the things, some of the acrobatic things that MJ did to watch John Morant put on a performance. I could not believe the 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 intensity of of people watching and waiting for another moment like John Morant had when he made when he, when he dunked the ball and I was out getting a milkshake. But, uh, <laughs> But when he dunked the ball at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, the people were on the edge of their seats the rest of the game. He is electrifying, to your point. If this becomes the Western Conference Finals, 
Nuggets are 21 and 3 at home. Memphis is 20 and 3 at home. Who can be the team to steal that road game and get to the finals? It's going to be interesting. Pacers, Nuggets tonight. Ball State, Kent State. We already had Mike Lewis on. That's a 6:30 tip. Sure, to the sure. best team in the MAC. Uh, Purdue, big win. IU got things turned around. Dane's thoughts on IU circling the wagons, plus arguably the most dominant Purdue win in a half century in terms of. The final score last night at Minnesota. Plus, Tom Noy joins us at 2.30. Mike Bray stepping down. He just met with the media in South Bend. Tom's thoughts on what he heard from Coach Bray. That's next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. An emotional day in the college basketball world up in South Bend. Mike Bray, a fan favorite, respected across the college game, sitting down at the podium and letting Irish Nation know why he plans to step away at the end of this season from his bench in South Bend. Tom Noy, the South Bend Tribune, broke the news yesterday. Tom, sitting next to Dane Fife. Dane certainly has some thoughts about this story. First, you just spoke with Coach Bray. What did he have to say this afternoon? That it's time, and that he knew that this was gonna, this was coming, and I think that it, it didn't come as a shock, although when you wake up this morning and you think, I'm going over to Notre Dame this or later, the, later today for a basically a farewell press conference for a guy that I've covered for 23 years. Wow. It, 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 it doesn't seem real. It's at, at some point it seems surreal, but at, at others, it's like, like, it's just, it's just time. He knows it. And I think that's the big thing. Like he, he said it uh, countless times earlier today, it's time for a new voice. It's time for a new direction. And when you're at a place for 23 years and doing the grind through the big East, and then through the ACC, it has a tendency to get a little stale. And he he always said he would know when it was time to walk away. And he started to know in the last couple of weeks that it was going to be 23 years and it wasn't going to be 24. Tom Noy joins the South Bend Tribune. He broke the news of Mike Bray stepping down. Bray met with the media this afternoon. Tom, I understand Bray kicked off this presser with a slam dunk. Can you tell us about that line? Well, it's funny because... Okay, this this is Notre Dame in a microcosm, and it, I, I'm not I'm not throwing shade at anybody. I'm not taking <laughs> shots at anybody. But when the Notre Dame men's basketball coach has an announcement to make, where does he have to go on campus to make it? He has to go to Notre Dame Stadium, in the football stadium, in the interview room. Come on, you've got to have an interview room somewhere in the Joint Center. Dane's been in that building. You, you have it have it where they had the the introductory press conference on the main floor for self pavilion. So he, he, he started off with a joke and he says, you know, I got to freaking retire, announce my resignation and step away to finally make it over into the Notre Dame stadium football press interview area. So it was Mike Bray being totally Mike Bray. <laughs> but again, that's what happens when you coach at a football school, you have to go take care of business at the football stadium. <laughs> hey, Amen. Tom, Tom Dane Fife here. How are you? Doing good, my man. Hey, um, Coach Bray is one of the great personality in sports. Um, I I don't think he got enough credit nationally um, for for just the the 
his vibrance, his ability to make people smile. Yes, he was a great coach. He was a great recruiter. He was a great ambassador for the game, for the school. But I don't think he gets enough credit for the personality he brought to the game. Um, aside from the, you know, the 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 joke from, you know, the the leadoff joke about the press conference room. How was the mood there um, with Coach Bray and, and probably some people like you that he'd worked with for so long and certainly was going to miss, um, I guess, in conjunction or the, the counterpoint of, okay, it's time to, time to say goodbye and, and I'm happy about it. What was the mood like there today? This is, it was classic Mike Bray, Dane. Like he, he read the room when he walked in there like <laughs> – you were sitting in that interview room, and that's the same interview room that we sit in when Notre Dame football loses to Marshall and Notre Dame football loses to Stanford. It felt that heavy in there. The room was full. It was a weird kind of vibe because Notre Dame is 1-7 and seven and this season has gone so far off the rails. But when he walks in, he, and he, he didn't have to say anything. He, didn't, he just kind of looked around and just kind of sensed that Man, it, 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 I, I got I to do something to lighten things up right, here. Right, right. And, and when he did, it it it, it did lighten the, the the mood for everybody. Right. It got a little bit more less stress. I mean, there was less. There was so much stress there. Like everybody's just kind of sitting there and didn't say anything for like five minutes, and it felt like we were sitting there for two hours. So, Man. and it's it's just something. And, and you're totally right. The, the guy received. Nowhere near the amount of credit just for what he was able to do. Right. Like, we joke about him being at a football school, and, 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 and we've joked about that a lot. But for him to go and do what he's done for 23 years at a place where football is priority one, two, three, and sometimes four, <laughs> any other coach in this country with his ego and his yep. drive and his me, 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 right. he would have been out of this job yep. three years into it. Yep. But he stayed for 23 What's he gonna do, Tom? He's sixty-three. Nothing. Yeah. What's What's he gonna do? Nothing. Uh, like he 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 kind of hinted around the fact that he might get into coaching later on down the line, or he might help out help with the with the search on uh, on hiring a new coach. But having spent so much time around him and having known him as as well as I do, mm. he cannot wait to get the heck out of South Bend, Indiana, and the winters, and go to Florida and be around his grandchildren go back to D.C. for a couple of months and be around family that are still back in the D.C. area. So he's done it. Like, he's 63 years old. Wow. He may do this. He may, you know, may, maybe he'll do TV. Maybe he'll do, a, do some consulting. But from a day-to-day grind, like, like, he gave everything, and there's just, like, there's just no more left for him to give. If I'm putting a little studio show together, I want – I want Bray to my yeah. left and Fife to my right Ooh. right now. Okay, come on, we can we can bring in twenty twenty four with some juice if if that's the that's Lloyd and Harry uh, Dumb uh, and Dumber exactly. It'd be great television. <laughs> this is the Mower Shop Hotline and Fishers brought to you by the MowerShop.com. Tom Noy, the South Bend Tribune, joins us. Tom, when we think about the big what ifs of Mike Bray's tenure, think about that Kentucky loss in the Elite Eight, the unbeaten Wildcats. Two point game, I believe, in 20, uh, 2015 into sixteen. Um, what are the big ones that Mike wishes the ball would have just bounced the other way one time? Uh, I, you, no one has a better perspective on that one for you. Where would you start with that? 
It starts with Kentucky, and I think it continues with Kentucky, and it ends with Kentucky because <laughs> the vibe of that 2015 team that went 32-6, and six, yeah. that won the ACC tournament championship in beating Duke and Carolina back-to-back nights in Greensboro, just just the, the, the rocket ride and, and the craziness of that postseason, you felt that if there was any way that they could get, get past Kentucky and get to their first Final Four since 1978, they were winning the whole freaking thing in Indianapolis. No they just question. Like, it, you're like, if, if they're winning, if they can beat Kentucky – there's nobody that they're going to lose to. And they just had – that team had such a swagger and a confidence and a vibe around them that if you were in the building that night in Cleveland, Ohio, it's something that even now thinking back, what is it, seven years, almost yeah. eight years later, yep. you still get chills. And that's – like there were a lot of – there were a lot of near misses in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they should have beat Winthrop and they should have mm-hmm. beat Old Dominion. And they should have beat this team, and they should have beat Xavier in Greensboro a couple of years ago. And they should have like, and they also should have beat Texas Tech last year. They were up three with two minutes to play, and on their way to go to San Francisco to meet Duke. And the one team that they wanted a rematch with last year, if you were Notre Dame, it was Duke. Right. And they were they were two minutes away from getting to the Sweet Sixteen, and they let that lead go. So they'll they'll look back, and, and Mike Bray will look back at the at the near misses. But looking back on 2015, looking back on going to consecutive Elite Eights, looking back on going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 11 seasons in his first year, Mm. there's a lot more pluses that outweigh the negatives here. Tom Noy, Mike Bray could put together an all-time starting five from players that he's just taking a liking to. Who would be in that starting five? (laughs) You can't do it because you're leaving somebody out. I know. I I do this all the time. And invariably, I'm hearing from somebody, a former player that I leave off. <laughs> yeah, the first and they're pissed. And they're pissed. Team, and they're pissed. They're like, I thought we were. I thought we were good. I thought we had a good relationship. <laughs> well, well blame Mike Bray. Me? Don't just say it's. Hey, it wasn't me. It's <laughs> yeah, Coach Bray. This is straight right. from Bray. Throw I mean, Coach Bray under the. Can ball. only play five. I can only put five on the court. Okay. You 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 look at just look at some of the guys that that were, you'd have to consider for first team. Luke Herringoti. Oh, no Troy question. Goody, Goody, go, go, yeah, for in sure. starter. If if Luke Herringoti doesn't wreck his knee late in his senior year, he leaves Notre Dame the all-time leading scorer and the all-time leading rebounder. Jeez. Like that's pretty good. My so you my. got Luke, Luke, you got you got Goody, okay. you got Troy Murphy, yep, Ben Hansborough, Pat Connaughton, Jaron Grant, Bonzi Colson, like if Matt Carroll, Ryan Humphrey, David Graves, like you just go right on down the list. Kyle McAlarney who got thrown out of school for a bogus marijuana possession. And, and Mike Bray had <laughs> to a few years to too early. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had to convince him to come back and said, if you come back, you can do some special stuff. Wow. He comes back to Notre Dame. He becomes a first team, all Big East guard. Wow. Brings Notre Dame back to, back to the returns of Notre Dame back to the NCAA tournament. Chris Thomas from Indiana. I was waiting on that one, Tom. I, you know, so, yep. so again, like I said, like I said, there's so many guys that you're like, well, it's not who you put on. It's like, how, how do I leave this guy off? I'm with you. I mentioned earlier with Dane, look, I grew up watching Colin Falls drain threes in high school. And I know he, you know, in terms of the sharpshooters, the, just the shooters Bray has been able to find and develop. Uh, Tom, we appreciate your time. We're, we're going to be very interested in your coverage of what now will be a coaching search. Wherever you rank this job, it is a fantastic opportunity for a coach to come in 
on great terms with plenty of time to get your plan together. And that will be an interesting decision from Jack. Do you have any names in your head before we get off the mower shop? Give me, give me a few, Tom, who's anybody on your mind. Absolutely. Uh, Pat Chelsea from college of Charleston, Mike Shrewsbury mm. from Penn state, uh, Monty Williams from the NBA, Chris Quinn from the NBA. It's a job that if you, if you hit this right, with the right hire at the right time, it can be another Mike Bray type of hire where this guy's here for 10, 15 years. He's going to the NCAA tournament. He's a competitive in the ACC. He's going to the Sweet 16. So the the two previous hires that Jack Swarbrick has been required to make, Notre Dame football, Notre Dame women's basketball, he's hit, he's hit grand slams on both of them. Let's see if he goes can go for the trifecta for men's basketball. Triple crown. There you go. Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune. Tom, we'll be in touch. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Tom. You got it, fellas. Take care. That was fun. Interesting names to come up there. Dane, we're going to go back to IU here momentarily. We, We need to look ahead now. It appears things have calmed down, not only defensively, but they shoot 61% last night, top percentage of the season for Mike Woodson's team. What's the most critical thing? for the Hoosiers against Tom Izzo on Sunday? Well, they got to continue with their defensive their, – their defensive strength um, coming into the season was, I think, what put them at the forefront of the Big Ten. They have to continue. They they found their niche. They found their strength again, and that's on the defensive end, Indiana has. What they have to do against Michigan State, one, they have to take care of the basketball. You turn the ball over against Michigan State, you're dead. Okay. They turned it over 17 times right. last night. Yep, and that th- that can be a problem. I don't think that's something that's been a Achilles heel for these Indiana teams of the last two years, but you turn it over, you're dead. What's a number you like if you're co- – obviously, you want single digits. What's what's a realistic I think between, barometer? between 9 and 11, 10 and 12 is something that can live you with. can manage. Yep. The second part is Trace has to show up. And he has to show up. This right now, because of Xavier Johnson and because of Race Thompson having injuries, really what it does is Trace has to score between 15 and 20. He's got to score bigger numbers than he's used to, above his average, if they're going to win these types of games. Now, it is at Assembly Hall. My brother, a Michigan Wolverine, played for Michigan, always said, (laughs) Indiana, even when I played there, great at home, horrific on the road well i call my text my brother last night not so horrific on the road (laughs) last night but what has to happen is assembly hall has to show out both of these teams michigan state in order to maintain a foothold up at the forefront of the league and indiana kind of working its back working its way back from the cellar of the league up into the middle of the pack they're critical right now if, if you start to think about NCAA seeding and you think about remotely having a chance at a, having two buys in right. a Big Ten tournament and Some also make up. maybe that conference championship bonus still lingers for the Michigan State staff. Not sure right now about the Indiana staff, but eventually I can see Indiana up at the top again if they keep playing the defense that they're playing now. We're going to hear from Mike Woodson after the break to close the show. Dane Fife's thoughts on Purdue's historic defensive effort, plus what's going on this weekend. We need to get into the divisional games to wrap up your Friday here. Dane Fife, Charlie Clifford, we're back after this. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The soundtrack to Dane Fife's life. It's been an honor to sit shotgun for the last two days uh, next to greatness. Dane, have you had fun? I've had a blast. You and Done a Uncle fine Jimmy. job. Yeah, Cook's, Jimbo. Cook's killed it. And uh, with that being said, we need some intel on Jimmy Cook because he absolutely dialed it in yesterday. Here's the latest. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. All right, to get the pens and papers ready, 3-1 and one yesterday. Get it out of the way, right out of the gate. Give me the Hoosiers this weekend against Michigan State, but the rest is all divisional round. We're going to take the San Francisco 49ers lay the four against the Dallas Cowboys. In that same game, we're going to take Christian McCaffrey as an anytime touchdown scorer. For Bills Bengals, give me Gabe Davis as an anytime touchdown scorer. On the other side of the field, Jamar Chase also gets in the end zone. Eagles Giants, Saquon Barkley anytime touchdown scorer. Other side of the field, A.J. Brown gets it done. He finds the end zone. And for Chiefs Jaguars, Travis Kelsey as an anytime touchdown scorer. Patrick Mahomes, over two and a half touchdowns down passes three and one yesterday plays are on twitter at the j cook that's just a professional and his element dane he knows what he's doing that's that's just elite talent what kind of jerseys he got on today we got the mahomes magic on today it's red friday dane did you know friday to you did you at least know number 15 on that i did i just wanted to make him nervous over there feel like i'm insulting him right in front of his audience for those of you not with us yesterday dane whiffed on the Karloftis jersey couldn't hey but but the name he picked out Derek Thomas. Rest in peace. A true legend. I mean, Love just, you, D. Just, great, I tip the cap to Dane for that I'm not one. here to say anything different. Look, Trace Jackson Davis turned in the most efficient scoring effort of his career last night. 35 points on 15 and 19 shooting. The Hoosiers dumped Illinois 80 to 65 post game. Mike Woodson on his star. Played him a lot nice of shoot. minutes. You know, played him the What's whole her? first half. And, you know, and we rode him. I mean, they didn't double team him. And, uh, I was, and each time out, I was like, you know, the double team might be coming. So we got to, you know, set our offense accordingly, and it never came. And he made great plays around the rim. Yes, he did. Galloway chips in with 11, Geronimo with 13, Dane Fife. This is the crux of everything we've done for the last 48 hours. Sunday, Michigan State, Indiana. Who wins? Sparty Hoosiers. What's the line, Jimmy? I don't have it. I've dropped ah! it. Oh, hold on. We got to get it. I can't get it for you, but I need 30 seconds. That's a bad yeah, I know. job on my part. No, no, it's my fault. Nope, it's me. DraftKings doesn't have it, so I'm going to have to find it on uh, Sportsline. I'll tell you what. Um, it's a pick 'em. <laughs> it's <laughs> I Realistically, bet, though, it I is. Bet, I it's going to be yeah. tight. I, it's look, not gonna I be bet more it's six and a half. Points. I'm going to so try to find it, but I bet it's six and a half. For IU? No. Yeah, it's at it's is that it's at, in it's assembly at hall. Okay, no, yeah, I use I use three and a half. Okay, that's what I, would I, say. I I think the Hoosiers will get it done. I think Michigan State um, still trying to find their way, uh, like Indiana was about three games ago, minus Xavier Johnson and and Race Thompson. Um, Michigan State's got to figure out how to play without Malik Hall. I think he's probably doubtful to come back this season. You're saying no. Or right now. Oh, okay. I think Michigan. I think Indiana wins, and I think uh, it'll be a close one. Interesting. That would move the win streak to three after the three-game slide. 
And we all know if you're heading to Bloomington on Sunday, uh, you're probably not coming home with a voice. It's not out yet for what it's worth. I was going to say, I couldn't that, find that it either. Such so we're, bad, we're safe. Look, we're safe. No, college basketball is weird sometimes. Oh, Jimmy, that, that was <sighs> my fault. I will do push-ups. We create our own line. At your expense. We create our own line. Three and a half, so we'll put it out for the I Hoosiers. I can't believe that's just a bad co-host. That's on my. That's on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing push-ups when this is over. You are forgiven. We're back to the film room with Dane Fife. We hope we can do this again very soon, Coach Fife. Uh, what's on the docket your weekend outside of all the NFL games we'll be keeping an eye on? By the way, the Bengals may be without two starting offensive linemen in Buffalo. That news just came down. Along with the Colts interview news, Rick, Rich Bisaccia Special teams coach in Green Bay, former interim with Vegas, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator with Dallas, Brian Callahan, Bengals OC, those three interviewed today. Back to your weekend here in our final 60 seconds together. Well, I'm going to watch plenty of college hoops, and I'll try to squeeze in some NFL, and then I've got some uh, more seventh-grade girls and and fourth-grade girls basketball on Sunday. Looking for a ticket to have up in the um, 76th suite if anyone's ready to issue me that ticket, that seat up in the 76th suite for Sunday's game with Michigan State and the Indiana Hoosiers, I will gladly take that off your hands. Dane Fife putting it out into the universe. Tom Izzo, thank you very much, Coach Izzo. We learned he thinks Matt Painter's the national coach of the year. Appreciate Tom coming on courtesy of Dane Fife. Mike Lewis told us, look, Big game tonight. He's waiting to see how his team responds on the road. Kent State's 5-0. and Giving me pointers on uh, media pointers. I mean, uh, come on, Lewis. He he blew, blew up Dane Fife's question here, okay, with the talk about I mean, check lingo. your ego at the door when that talking was with Mike Lewis. Kevin Bowen told us he's not surprised the Colts list has been now 14 people. Uh, and then Tom Noy told us it's time for Mike Bray. He is happily moving on from South Bend. Best to Coach Bray for Dane, Charlie, and Jimmy. It's been a great week. See you on Monday.